I take a lot of time and care in preparing the intros for our show. And there's several of them that I'm quite proud of. Like, for example... Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Knew it. That's right. right. We're talking about killer robot movies tonight on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Good morning, campers, and welcome to your first day of Attack of the Killer Podcast summer camp. Be sure to be in the main hall at 7 for the opening ceremony, followed by a showing of our annual safety film, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. Racism. Incest, child abuse, cannibalism, nut punches, animal cruelty, and a boy named Fool. That's right, we're watching People Under the Stairs tonight on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Heavy breathing, green gloved, wearing slashers. Gill men climbing out of bathtubs. Giant paper mache killer tomatoes on wheels. Tommy Smothers dressed as a Mountie. Serial killers who wear dresses and paper sacks on their heads. And giant sperm getting it on with the Statue of Liberty. Sounds like a fun weekend in Vegas. Nope, we're talking about horror spoof movies on Attack of the Killer Podcast. There's nothing funny about zombie movies. Nothing at all. I mean, you would never see a zombie get a pie in the face. Well, uh, I mean, Dawn of the Dead did that. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Um, well, well, okay, well, you would never see somebody step on a zombie's head as it rises out of the grave. I mean, that would just be... Uh, Re- Return of the Living Dead, part two did that oh shit um okay well at least you don't zombies get attacked with ridiculous weapons like prince records i mean that would just be oh uh, well um Shaun of the dead yeah that that happened oh well you know what zombies are funny so we're gonna talk about zombie comedies tonight on attack of the killer you podcast. look over the balcony and the killer is gone the final girl wakes up and it was just a dream. Or was it? The hero guns down the maniac. And we all think he's dead, but things are not quite what they seem. All of this is a hint at possibly the next sequel. But what about those movies that never got to do like ten sequels before they beat the story story into the ground? That's what we're talking about tonight on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Back in the 70s and 80s, if you saw an arm getting chopped off or someone's skin getting ripped off in a horror movie you might get a little sick to your stomach. Nowadays, if you get nauseous in a horror film, it's because they can't keep the camera still. That's right, we're talking found footage films on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's right. Tonight we are looking back at the best of Attack of the Killer Podcast of 2014. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and you know what I really love? I love sitcoms from the 80s. I'm a big fan of sitcoms of the 80s, and more importantly, the look-back episodes. You know those episodes when it's like mid-season or maybe towards the end of the season, and they are contractually obligated to have so many episodes per season, but they don't want to pay the actors any extra money to make another brand new episode, so they just throw together a bunch of clips from the previous episodes? 
That's what we're doing tonight. That's right. So we're going to take a look back at some of the best moments of Attack of the Killer podcast of 2014. Some hilarious moments. Some very thought-provoking moments. Maybe a few tear-jerking moments. But nevertheless, this is the best of Attack of the Killer podcast from 2014. But first, let me introduce you to, as always... The Killer Podcast crew. First off, working towards his degree in proctology, Dustin Neal. Wait a second, guys. <laughs> I think there's a butthole here. This next person, he's part of the band the PBJs, and one of my best friends, Jason Bollinger. Jason, you remember the first thing I ever said to you? You want me to oh, be my pants? That's why you should never tell a total stranger about your fetishes. He just chugged a case of Red Bulls and thinks he's Gene Simmons... John Sullivan. Wake up, sleepyheads. It's party time. Yeah, this yeah. the nukes are coming at you on a fine, fine Rocktober morning. It's the sweeping sensation that's sweeping the nation. I'm going to do it to you right here, right now. Wow. And lastly, she just got back from a one-person orgy weekend, Terry Turford. So, how was your weekend, Terry? I thought the beginning was kind of boring. I don't know. It'd probably be more fun in like a group setting. That's, uh, yeah, I got bored. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. It's going to be a fun show. Um, so who wants to start? Who wants to share their favorite moment uh, from 2014? Uh, anybody? Oh, wait, that's right. I'm doing this one by myself. Given the rest of the podcast crew, um, it's my Christmas present to them. They get to take an episode off, and it's all just me sharing with you the best moments of Attack of the Killer Podcast 2014. Guys, do you remember that time uh, when we were talking about Monster Squad? And we were talking about our fan fiction concept for... The Monster Squad sequel. Let me throw another movie movie idea out there for you guys and see see who grabs it. See if anybody thinks this would go. The Monster Squad, The Next Generation. Yes! Oh yeah. my god, okay. that was yeah. Here We start off yes. with showing, like, showing, like, at the very beginning, showing, like, scenes from the first one. And then we flash to now, and the original Monster Squad, of course, the one character as since passed away but the like andre gower and and uh i forget the other one's names they could have kids of their own and these kids are kind of into horror movies or whatever and they find they they come to find out by by accidentally coming across in let's say their parents closets when they used to be monster squad people and then they, well, they stumble upon the treehouse the treehouse well, and then they down, though, didn't it? did they get burned yeah. down Dracula blew it up. Remember Dracula dynamite? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well, they, and they, one. yeah. And then they find out that they, that their parents were the original monster squad. And then they kind of, the parents kind of at maybe at the end, find out maybe kind of help them out a little bit or something. I think it would, I think it'd be great. I would love yes. to see it. I think they could have went, yes. I think they could have went somewhere with that series, you know, instead of just doing one, I think they could have done a couple more after that. Um, mm -hmm. well, and they could even have like do the next generation and have like some, maybe like have, have one of the, like what, let's say they fought who the Wolfman, Dracula and Frankenstein mm -hmm. and the creature, they could have one of them characters come back and recognize the, recognize the, uh, 
the older versions of the Monster Squad, and 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 then that's what causes you know causes them to all fight and everything. I think it'd be great. Yeah, what if like New Line or Paramount got a hold of it and they just kind of said, "Here, have the rights, do what you want," and just you know like New Line, you know they have like Freddy on there and they have Jason <laughs> and you know just oh, just, wouldn't that that would be very cool. That would that, be so I mean, sweet. Because when that came out, those were kind of like the universal, you know, yeah. horror monsters. But And they were, you know, the, the older monsters, I felt like, at the time. But, like, now, the next generation, it could be, like, our older monsters coming back. So, Oh, man. That'd be oh. cool. Someone make oh. that right oh. now. Oh. <laughs> Dustin, yeah. me, and you are, me and you are going to go to L.A. <laughs> we're going to pitch it to the powers that be. And we're going to see if they take off on it. Okay. Oh, I'm down. It's going to be awesome. Oh, that would be so cool. I hadn't even thought about using like the more modern like 80s slasher guys as the villains. And Oh, no. my God. Would that, would that work with the youth, youth of today, putting the youth of today up against those guys? Um, considering that like... You know, the youth of today probably don't find those characters as scary as we did when we were kids. Um, so would that work? Because in my mind, I think like, okay, these characters are way too badass to put kids up against. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, it's, oh, I think Dracula and fucking Wolfman are too badass to to put kids up against. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, but, I just, my whole worry would just be like, I don't want it to be a mockery of Jason and Freddie and Michael and those guys, you know, I want them to be represented as the badasses that they are. They just happen to get outsmarted by a bunch of snot nosed kids. <laughs> I, th- I think it would be, I think, I think it would be cool and I think they should do it. And they could have Ash come in and save them all because that could be. You, you could still keep the badassness yeah. of Jason and Freddy and you know whoever else you wanted to throw in there that you could legally. And well, I mean, even if you threw an Ash, that still wouldn't happen either. But just just imagine it, and you know Ash coming in, then those characters could still be badass because you know Ash is Ash and he can fight. And, yeah, yeah, you could have like yeah. some of the the people who are some of the iconic people who fight off villains in these movies kind of come in and team up with the kids or something. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to replace creepy German guy with Ash, with Ashley Williams, okay? And he lives in this town and he, like, you know, he's the urban legend that the kids are all scared to walk up to his house to, but they end up... He doesn't have a hand. He doesn't have a hand, exactly. He's like... He's missing his hand. It's creepy. And he chops off other little kids' hands and blah, blah, blah. So that could be what the kids say to each other. And then they finally go in and it's Ash. You could just, you could tell all these, all these, you know, all these urban legend stories about this guy with no hand lives in this house. And then when the door opens, there's Ashley Williams there and he's just like, hey kids, groovy. And, you know, they come in and, and he gets his, he gets the shit together. And now it's the monster squad with Ash and then, who would be the Frankenstein monster? Would that be Leatherface? Like the little the little girl of the Monster Squad befriends Leatherface? And yeah, that yeah. would work. That Leatherface, would work. Leatherface yeah. turns on the uh, on Freddy and Jason. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 No, Mike, you're going. You're going. Door. Um, they could just walk in, and then he would be like, 
Are you raised in a barn? You know, you do. <laughs> Mike, you're officially invited to go with me and Dustin when we pitch the idea. Heck yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh, sounds awesome. But you got to have a scene, though, like, I don't know. Because you got to have a scene where that would be a huge missed opportunity to have Ash and Leatherface in the same movie and you don't have a sword fight with chainsaws. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Maybe Ash defeats him, and that's why he joins them. Yeah, you could still do a fight scene because you know Ash would be the first to just like run run into battle without knowing all the details. So, <laughs> or he would run away and come back at the just the nick of time. Yeah. 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 Yes. And then you got. And then you got to have one of the kids run up, kick Leatherface between the legs, and he goes, Leatherface got nards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 boy. Good times. Good times. That seems to happen a lot on on our show where we're having conversations about one thing, and then somehow Ash from the Evil Dead movies get brought up into the conversation, whether it's Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, or even Army of Darkness. I I do have kind of an opening question, a a little off topic, but not really, to kind of maybe get the ball rolling a little bit. And we, we may have talked about this before, I don't know. But if they were to ever, ever do another... Evil Dead movie with Ash, with Bruce Campbell, mm. or quote unquote sequel to Army of Darkness. Uh, <laughs> which, which, where would you like the movie to start off from? Now, because there's two different endings mm. to this movie. Yeah. Would you like it to be in the Smart world, or would you like it to be in the far future world? Hmm. I, I, I think both. it's got uh, it's got to be both. Uh, both? Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's that's exactly what you where you could say it could go. I mean, I mean, if you know the ending that I like in Army of Darkness is the S smart ending because obviously it's the more violent and and insane ending. But they make it look like the the Deadites are still around. So either way, he's going to have to try to find like the book of De- book of the dead in his own world and then you know maybe maybe then do something wrong that gets him you know in the at the wrong time or you know as long as it's bruce campbell and it's ash and it's sam raimi and (laughs) rob tappert and everybody i'm i'm all aboard like you just mentioning that gets me excited even though it's probably not gonna happen but i mean like I would take. I would. I would seriously. If you want to start it off at the where he's at the wrong time ending, I'm all for it. Either way, both. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a. That's both. that's that's <laughs> a, a hard. Not a, not a, not a, not a hard question for me, but I mean, just this just the possibility is just fun to think about. Yeah. Uh, how how very President President Obama of you to not uh, answer that question. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rob- Robert Tappert calls you up and says, Dustin, we're going to make the sequel to Army of Darkness, but we can't decide which script to go with, and it's all up to you. Which one would you pick? Oh, I would I would choose S-Mart then. If he said he, okay. if we're making it and we're choosing, I'd say S-Mart. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. 
I thought maybe you were leaning more towards that way uh, when you said you liked that ending better. But I, I'm on the opposite side of that. I like the apocalyptic future ending version better because to me that is so much ash. That is very much an ash yeah. thing to do to <laughs> to miscount drinking the potion and then oversleep past this time period. You know, and it, and it always feels like mm-hmm. as the series has progressed and and the better Ash gets at fighting the Deadites, the dumber he has gotten. And so it just would make total sense to me that he would be in this post-apocalyptic future. And the thing is, is if they were to do it now, it would make sense because he's he's older now. Bruce Campbell is older now, and it's not mm-hmm. like he's trying to play somebody in his twenties working at Smart. So well, but then again. Well, okay. I, I personally, like, I, I prefer, I mean, as far as endings go, I kind of prefer the apocalyptic ending, apocalyptic ending as well. Although the S-Mart ending is such a good scene and there's so many good one-liners in there that I'm like, oh, but yeah. I love that one too. It'd be kind yeah. of hilarious as well. Like, it can go either way for me. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even care. But, uh, they- <laughs> What if you imagined like Bruce Campbell playing his age, but still working at S Mart? That's what. <laughs> yeah, like, like that. Still... That seems like an Ash thing to do. Yeah, for sure. But you know, like like Mike, you said that you guys in his fifties stuck... and he's stuck working at S Mart. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> about the uh, um, him messing up, you know, drinking the potion and and oversleeping. Uh, to me, I mean. They start the Esmar ending exactly the same way. It, it's got Ted Raimi there going, "Did you say the words this time?" You know, yeah. like he's like, "Well, I said them." Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Like he really, you know, he's just as much as an idiot in his present yeah. time than he is going in the in the back time. So, man, like I said, I I would take both. I would take like a hybrid, you know, like yeah. like a, yeah, so like you go to one stories. and then he has well, to time travel well, to the other one. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be sweet. Well, fan fiction um, brainstorming here, it could start off in the apocalyptic future, and then, like, he, at some point, manages in that time period, some for some, maybe there's a time machine in the future or whatever, and he gets back to his present time, yeah. and then and then it's the S-Mart scene. So, like, at the, at the end of Army Darkness, with the S-Mart scene, it's basically, well, the way that's set up is as if, the whole movie of Army Darkness is because he's, you know, there's that narration, you know, Ash narration through certain points in the movie, especially right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and so we're led to believe that he's just been telling all these smart people that part, that story the whole time, which and then leads into what we see in the smart scene. So it could be he, it could be that after the post-apocalyptic thing, he ends back up in the present. And he's telling them the story of Army Darkness, but then purposely skips over that part of the story because he doesn't want to look stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. John, what about you? Which would you pick? Well, I've only seen the S-Mart ending, so I don't really have um, the other one to go on. Um, so, what now, which uh, release was the other ending on? Director's Cut. Director's cut. Okay. Any other release after the original? Holy cow! They they they've been put 
putting that on just about everything yeah. on Armored Darkness, but it's got the original ending on it. Yeah. So if you go and like rent anything other than just like the theatrical, it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna have it on there. Yeah. Okay. Isn't there, isn't like there versions? Movie. Yeah. Isn't there versions of it though that have the theatrical ending, but then has the 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 director's ending on the supplemental material on the disc or something? Um, yeah, there's that way. I mean, I've got, I've got a version that after the end credits, it, it starts right off where, you know, the ending scene would start and then it shows you that. So I have one of my DVDs just doesn't even have the S-Smart ending. Like it's only the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the director's cut bootleg thing that I have. You could say that there's a lot of times where... We end up talking about the same thing over and over again. That maybe that we're one note. Um, another movie that gets brought up a lot on our show would possibly be oh I don't know the Blair Witch Project. There really hasn't been any other films of that style until one film that I really that I really think broke the mold for everything to follow, and that is of course the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Ooh. We were kind of chit-chatting about that a little bit uh, before the show started as well. And Dustin, you had something really interesting to say about that. I think it was you. Yeah, well, I was just saying that I've only seen the movie once, and I really liked it. But I, I, I I didn't feel like I needed to see it any more times because I can still remember a lot of that movie. Like, it really sticks with me. A lot of the scenes, a lot of the things that they do... Um, I mean, it's, I, I remember everything. Like, I don't need to revisit it because I think I'm still terrified inside. Same here. I mean, it's, yeah. it, and it's funny that, you, I don't know if we've ever discussed it, but some of the people who have seen it and just brush it off, like, th- th- that's what I don't understand. Um, it, people who are like, oh, that was stupid. Um, it ended just like nothing, you know, or, or I don't even get what happened, you know. There's a lot of people who just kind of brushed off and say that was, you know, a stupid movie. And I, I'm, I just want to grab them and be like, were you watching it? Like, did you, did you, yeah. did you listen to any of like the background story or the the legend of it? Like, do you, like, did you not know what was happening at the end, or were you just not letting yourself get wrapped in it because the entire end of the movie is the most terrifying thing? I remember every oh. bit of that. I mean, just, oh god, yeah. The you know the whole yelling and up the stairs, down the stairs, the handprints on the walls. I mean, you knew where they were. You were they were in Rustin Parr's house, and and you're just completely terrified at that point. Like you can you can let yourself not be scared by this movie, but if you do that, you're not going to have any fun, and you're going to walk away like that was stupid. But yeah, that the whole movie is just that ending is such a payoff. Care what anybody says. Sure, it's like. It's mysterious and kind of leaves more questions than answers, but that's the point, and it's it's really effective. That I I I am so I've always been so impressed with that final scene because I mean obviously this is such kind of an experimental style film, especially for its time, but even still today, comparing it to found footage films that have come since, I mean found footage films nowadays, it's like things. They're planned out, they're scripted out, blah, blah, blah. This was just like, they threw these kids in the woods, and, and they, you know, they fucked with them in the middle of the night, you know, and, and put stuff, and everything was just improv when they were all in the woods. 
So <clears throat> the fact that I think that that ending sequence, that final scene of the film, is so amazingly um, executed and choreographed out that I think it's genius, genius filmmaking because it has some, some subliminal uh, messaging in there that really um, <clears throat> that really creates the tension for you. Like it, it just it's it's on a subliminal level creating that tension for you, because and I think I've talked about this before, but I love how Mike is in the basement with the camera with the only camera that has any audio, and she's upstairs, and all we're seeing is her camera POV. So as she's running through, screaming, screaming, um, screaming Mike's name. And she's running down the stairs and stuff, and you seeing the bloody handprints on the wall and stuff. It's genius because that audio of her screaming and her running down the stairs and whatnot is slowly getting louder and louder as she's running down each level of steps until she gets to the basement, and mm -hmm. her audio is now. When that is an amazing tactic that um, <clears throat> is a is a great tactic to use when making your film, as far as really creating a sense of tension in your audience by letting the audio grow louder and louder throughout the scene. So that was yeah. beautiful <laughs> and brilliant. Um, Scary as hell. Yeah. And I, I, and so what you said really made me think about that, Dustin, as far as how you've only seen the movie once and it is far more memorable to you than probably a lot of the other found footage films that have come since the most and there's like lines from this movie that can still that can still be quoted today and people know where the quotes come from you know the whole crying into the camera with the big old snot bubble on your <laughs> nose saying i want to apologize to my mom and mike's mom and all that jazz <clears throat> um that is easily recognizable as blair witch project and the, again, the fact that there was really hardly any script it was really more of an experimental piece than anything else. Why do you think it has become become such an iconic film in that regard? Well, I mean, if any, like it was my first experience with the genre. Um, so maybe that has an effect on people. Like if, if they enjoy found footage movies, that was their first go at it. So it just becomes so idealized in their head. Yeah. You know? Digital media. It was fooling everybody on the internet. Uh, yeah. Going to the website saying mm -hmm. it was real. Yeah. It was, that's how everybody, you know, got suckered in. I did a little bit, you know, cause I went to the website and it had like their pictures up there and it said missing and. Mm -hmm. And it's like we'll be releasing the footage and and all this you know crazy stuff. So I mean, you know, at that time it was it says 1999 when it came out. That time, you know, everybody's getting their their computer with their internet for the <laughs> first time, and not the first time, but you know, more than than there ever was the the dot com boom or whatever. And you know, people are going to websites and they promoted this big time through a website. You know, make, to to make you believe that it was real, and and people got suckered into that, and that's, 
you know, and, and I think that's why it was so big. It was because, you know, there was people out there that were going to the movie theater thinking that they were watching real footage of kids, you know, disappearing and mm-hmm. things happening. So. <clears throat> True. Uh, it definitely has one of the great, one of the greatest independent film ad campaigns of all flipping time. That was for that's for sure. Um, between, you know, just hitting the internet at just the right time in history, um, and the fact that it had that sweet, sweet uh, documentary that aired on Sci-Fi Channel. I think also really catapulted the the film as well. Um, see, I never did get to see that. Oh really? Because I was yeah. that was that was going to be a question I was going to ask. If you feel like it's a it's a it's a if it's a full product where you do have to see the documentary to get the full effect of the film, but apparently not since you've never seen the documentary. Right. <clears throat> Terry, did you ever see the documentary? No, I, I did not. Curse mm-hmm. of the Blair Witch. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's really good, and I think it does really kind of like help the film even more. Uh, and it definitely answers some of those. It definitely answers some of the questions of stuff that that goes on in the film, because it really digs into the whole myth of the of the witch and everything. <clears throat> and knock, but yeah, you should definitely definitely check that out. I yeah, see. I, I bet. I wonder if that comes like on the on the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. I like. I said I only seen it once, and I felt like I've I've been so terrified of it. I feel like I've never had to see it again, so I I don't feel the need to buy it, but. Yeah, if, uh, if I could get something with both of those on it, then you know, then I think it would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty worth it. Yeah, the DVD definitely has the the Curse of the Blair Witch on it. Oh, cool. I don't know about the Blu-ray, but I'm assuming it does. Because even even when that movie came out on VHS, they packaged it. They packaged it. They had a two VHS package that had both the documentary and the film. So I'm assuming it does. Probably like forty bucks. <laughs> I wouldn't think that. I wouldn't think. That that much really i mean the dvd yeah. was never really that expensive so even when it first came out but it's a good doc i think it's it, 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 i think it i remember watching the documentary before going to see the movie and the documentary was creeping me out so. we did a whole episode on found footage and one of the things I, that we discussed was what our pet peeves were when it concerned found footage let's take a listen um, what is your biggest pet peeve in found footage films? Dustin, why don't you start? <laughs> my biggest pet peeve? Well, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to run through my head here what what makes me mad. Um, well, this has been said before, and it's probably one of your guys' answers, but my camera's brand new. It's about, I mean, just over a year old. And holy shit, you think you'd have enough battery to film something? <laughs> like, you think I could take it outside and maybe around the block a few times and have enough battery to, to film yeah. consistently? Or, you know, put it on standby and still have enough film or still have enough battery to film? Like, these people are, I mean, we usually get about, I don't know, found footage about an hour and a half. And, you know, they're turning the night shot on and off. And zooming in and out a lot. Like, yeah. there's no way. There's no way. you got to have an extra battery or two with you to do that. So I would say battery is probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, that would probably coincide with um, a couple more movies I want to talk about. But uh, I'll, I'll save that. Uh, 
That's a, that's definitely a good one. I can agree with that. Uh, Terry, what would be your pet peeve when it comes to found footage? Um, well, I'm, I can't speak very much from the technical side of things because I don't really make movies. Um, but when I'm, I, I am very prone to motion sickness. I just hate found footage movies that are way too shaky mm. or just yeah. get tossing me around. Every, I can't watch them. I get headaches and I feel sick to my stomach and not in a good way. <laughs> so, Terry, let me ask you a question. Did you like, did you see VHS 2? You saw VHS 2, right? I did, okay. yes. Okay. Everybody that, you know, I listen to all these other podcasts, everybody loves if if it's not the Satan the the Satanic cult one, which is the best one of the whole movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody also loves the alien abduction one. Alien abduction one. Yeah. Oh, the kids are playing Jason Eisner's one. The, the kids are playing pranks on each other and stuff, and then all of a sudden aliens show up and, and oh. start chasing everybody. So I think it's right, the last like the one. Dog or something. Yeah, with the, yeah, with the dog. That one there, I hated that one, and I'll tell you why. For the exact same reasons you're talking about, Terry. I have watched several found footage movies, and they've never uh, had any, they never had any effect on me physically uh, mm-hmm. from from the crazy camera work. But that one was that one gave me a freaking. I had a headache by the time I was done with that mm-hmm. one. It was so so shaky and nauseating, and I was mm-hmm. watching it on my laptop. I can't even imagine what that <laughs> would that would make my head explode in a movie theater. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Pet peeve, found footage. Um, I can't decide if I truly hate this or not, but it's like... Uh, and maybe it's not a found footage thing. It's just like, in these movies nowadays, it's just like, the... the cell phones don't work, you know, and, like, there's always got to be some explanation, or it's just the, the world that we live in now, I don't know, it's just, like, I don't know if I'm just, it's too bad that it has to be part of the story now, I don't know what I'm trying to say, or, or maybe it doesn't bother me, because it is part of our world now, and it's just, like, or like you, you everyone should just accept that that's going to be part of every suspenseful movie now, with any sort of bad thing or crime that happens in it. I don't know. I just can't decide if if it bothers me or I need to accept it. Am I making any sense? No, I see what you're saying. I get you what said you're no, saying. and then said I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think you may be right, though. It pretty much has to be there anymore. It almost feels like, especially when that first started really happening, when it happened over and over again in the first several horror movies that I had to address it, it almost felt like, okay, you filmmakers are, are thinking that you're clever by having to explain out the cell phone, but then you're not explaining every other loophole in your movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you feel like you have a pat hall pass because you explained away the cell phone thing. But I guess maybe you could compare it to the slasher films of the eighties where the car won't start. You know? Right. Back, it's 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 I guess it is just a sign of the times. It's back then the yeah, car but won't they don't, start. But they now don't tell they, you why the car doesn't start. It's just like it just doesn't start. So you you would be fine if it's just like, oh my cell phone's not working and then that's it? 
Yeah, and that, like don't, like we don't it, have to have like a ten minute explanation why there's no reception, or, right? Because you know. that was that was part of the bay was like, oh, this government that we have is just gonna put a block on this town. Like, is that something that can even happen? Are you making this up to sound cool in your movie? Like, this government has more power. Well, I like, think you got a point there because I think like the cell phone thing even started before they even before the government knew what was going on like when when the doctor was calling the CDC that you know the cell phone thing happened long before that so i think you got a good point there yeah so i don't know i suppose somebody'd still bitch if they were just like tried to call and they're like shit and then went on with the story <laughs> somebody'd still be like oh they had to bring up the cell phone didn't they well yeah, yeah it is it is part of our world now so mm-hmm. did he just try making a call? Did it not work? Do they not have service? <laughs> right. <laughs> just leave you wondering. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, my pet peeve, and this is after watching four or five uh, fun footage movies in a row, mm. and every single one of them had this like digitized static noise. Oh. Mm. That is obviously blatantly looped oh, in. Fuck. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if there's a technical term for that <laughs> noise or whatever. I've re I've recreated that that noise before on a smaller digital camera by dropping it <laughs> and then watching the footage. So I mean, it exists. I don't think it's something they've made up. But yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, and they don't well, need to do it. Well, does it did it did it sound did it sound so like not in the environment when you played back that footage on your camera? Because every time I see it in every movie I watched the past couple days, it sound it totally sounded like it was eighty yard in. That I was just put in a post. Well, just that and like every fucking camera angle from every movie of all of these has the picture distorting like it's a vhs tape or something there's just the, the video shakes with it when it makes this stupid noise it's like yeah. what you don't have to tell me that uh, oh it's, it's so bad in devil's pass it's it's clearly was not there and they added it later and it's so it's so i don't know i fucking yeah it kind of bothers me yeah, big me big too big time because literally all four movies that I watched used that sound effect, and and it's like you yeah. said too, Jason. They they also digitally, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, deteriorated the shot or whatever to coincide with that sound effect, as if this is like the footage was a little janky right here for whatever reason. But no, you we can sit here, we can tell that you digitally made the footage look bad, and you digitally placed in this uh, this crappy sound effect. Yeah, that one camera that they found uh, that went into the water. Yeah, that one, sure, great. Yeah. But every fucking webcam, every security camera, every video camera is going to have a distortion? I don't fucking think so. It was annoying. (laughs) And it also felt like a lot of... there There was even a few times where it felt like they were using that sound effect... As part of the, as part of telling the story, I'm gonna you know add I mean? that effect in through this whole part every time no, you're no. talking. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut out words because it skipped because you know video can skip now. And, yep. 
That's that's brilliant. I I dare you to do that. I'm not doing that. I know but... you won't. That's why I'm daring you. dog <laughs> dare. <laughs> but there was like moments where it felt like they 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 pop that in there to kind of give like a little extra jolt, a little extra tension. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't just like a random like oh the film this is the part where the film is supposed to be bad. No, they were actually using it as part of the storytelling technique, and that that annoyed me even more. I don't know why. It's Maybe just, because I heard it like forty thousand times. It's just the, the stylizing of the film. You know when people make a grindhouse film today they just add those scratches it's the same shit Uh, and i agree with you and it's just like i can't i guess default them for for doing that it just got really annoying because every single film had that yeah that i watched and it just it just started to bug me after a while did it ruin any of the films no it didn't because i think i enjoyed it almost every single one that i watched over the past few days which is shocking for me to say. Europa report. That's my exception to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, found footage. Huh. Gotta love it. Love it or hate it. What can you say? Oh, you know what time it is? It's time right now in the episode for Things Said Out of Context. <laughs> But it's him. You know it's him. Oh, yeah, you know it's him. Absolutely. I recognize that ass anyway. What? <laughs> what? What? Wait, did you say lesbians? Yes. <laughs> I did. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, another thing I will never do again after watching this movie, eat fish. Now, my question is, which, in part two, which version would he, could he have made out with? The younger version of his mom? The older grandma version of his mom, yeah. or the one the one in the eighties that has the big thingies. I mean, the, yeah. the alternate you know, the alternate reality present where his mom's got the boot oh, job, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, you cannot fart around with love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the people listening at home, uh, if you want to watch the movie with us, which you should. Yeah, uh, the first thing you do is take off your pants. Yep. Is it too late to change your nickname? Honey Sugar Buns? (laughs) (laughs) Wicked words with... Honey Sugar Buns. (laughs) We still howl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. No. Enough of that nonsense. Enough of that nonsense. Let's get back to the um, the best of Attack of the Killer Podcast 2014 special show here, which is quickly devolving into the Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 of podcasts. So, you know, we talk a lot about our favorite films, classic films, stuff like that, but we also do see current films and we try to stay on topic. Um... During our commentary episode for People Under the Stairs, we kind of derailed before this show started and talked about the new movie that just came out this past summer, Godzilla. All right. That's all I have to talk about before That's we it? Did uh, anybody else get to see Godzilla? Yes. And? Nope. Oh, it's just you and me. I loved it. We're the only ones that seen it? I'm the only ones that like movies, Dustin, just you. Whatever. (laughs) Here we go. 
It was the first movie I got to see in 3D that wasn't fucking uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. So, I mean, it was... I mean, 3D looked pretty pretty fucking sweet, but... I mean, I have. I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great to see a monster movie back in the theaters, and yeah. I had some gripes with it. But I mean, sure. overall, I mean, I'm glad that there's going to be more of that coming. So, yeah. Agreed. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, totally. There were some things, but not nothing that hurt the movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and man, holy cow! Like. Was wasn't okay. I'm not gonna give anything away except <laughs> you guys haven't seen it. Wasn't Brian Cranston just fucking amazing in this? I think like, it's pretty great. Like, not I'm not I'm not like a, a Brian Cranston like you know I don't have like a love affair with him like everybody else does. I think he's good in Breaking Bad, but like this, I mean, this is like I thought this was really good for him. Yeah, it was a pretty good role. I mean, at what? Was he crazy? Was he really, really smart? Was he... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just kind of all over the map there in the beginning. and Yeah, so cool. And I thought the... Yeah, I thought the effects were great. Godzilla was scary as shit. Yeah. And oh my god, that finish, that finishing move. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was awesome. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys haven't seen it, go out and see it. It's worth it. <laughs> Definitely in 3D. I'll see it. Do yeah, it. I, I totally want to see it, but I'd have to say something that was that's probably was probably far more entertaining for me was watching um, two of my friends debate the film over some cheesy breadsticks the other night. So, well, I don't know how Justin saw some other movie. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. He didn't like. Who you were debating with? Yeah, yeah. That would have been interesting. It's it was awesome because I was I was captivated because. Who is who is a bigger cheerleader for any form of cinema, good or bad, more than Jason? And that's Justin. And to actually see a movie that he didn't like—it was weird. It was oh, awesome. That's that's. I don't like it when he doesn't like something. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, like I said, I liked the movie, but I had some gripes. I would one. I'd be curious to hear what his gripes were. Just because I think they might be pretty similar, but who knows? I bet I bet I'm way off on thinking that. I'm sure he's got like something else that he totally didn't like about it. Well, if I can translate from the conversation, I think it had a lot to do with having issues with uh, just not giving a crap about the characters that we're following through the movie. Hello. Oh. Hey. Oh, hey, John. Guys. What's up? Hey. 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 I made John it. made it, everybody! <laughs> Yay! John, John, quick yes. question. Can you hear me, John? Yes, I can. <laughs> did you see Godzilla? Yes, I did. And what'd you think? Uh. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> taking too long. <laughs> That's <took> too long. <laughs> um, just a second. Let me How do I break this? <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. I think it could have been a lot better. I was what I was disappointed was the trailer shows. Ah, keep in mind, we got two people here that yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah, there's yeah. Okay. Careful spoilers, John. Oh, okay, sorry. You can um, spoil it. <laughs> oh, then I don't care um, either. I don't really because I think I've heard everything about the movie by now anyway. So I, I just think it. Sh- 
to me, I think it should have showed more of Godzilla than what it did. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? I can agree with that on some level. I think I agree with it in the point that a lot of Godzilla is seen at the nighttime. Yes. And you really don't quite get the perfect look of Godzilla. But I think they show enough of him. I think he gets enough screen time. Oh, yeah. But as in visually, I wanted like some day shots, like some full-on sunny, you know, water dripping off and mm-hmm. saliva coming out of his mouth. I don't know. That's just me. I just I think they showed too much of the other <laughs> the other one the other characters in the movie than they did him as far as <clears throat> what you know when I saw the trailers I. What they kind of depicted to me was that it was going to have more of him in it. And even some of the scenes in the trailer were not the same scenes as what was in the movie. They, I mean, it was the same scene, but they made it different. Yeah. The movie. I noticed yeah, I a couple of that. them. So, but, but I mean, I mean, it, it was all right. I mean, it was a good, I mean, it, I think it was a good, uh, good, another, you know, another Godzilla movie. It was really good, but I just, was just kind of disappointed on how much they showed other things than than really showing him a lot because it was it was a little ways into the movie before you ever even saw him. So that's true. <laughs> okay, so all right, so you three on a scale of one to ten, uh, one being the worst, aka Matthew Broderick Godzilla. and 10 being Godzilla Final Wars in which the Japanese the the last of the Japanese uh, uh, Japanese uh, Godzilla movies in which Godzilla steps on the American Godzilla (laughs) where does this one rank? I'm going to give it a solid 7 okay Jason, um, I haven't. I don't remember seeing Final Wars, but that Godzilla stomp sounds familiar. I thought yeah. uh, my favorite Godzilla 2000 was my favorite. Yeah, I love Godzilla 2000. I'm also a huge fan of Godzilla versus Biollante. But you got to see Godzilla Final Wars. You want to talk about something you've? Ne- I mean, take everything that you know about like crazy Asian cinema, um, and and like Japanese Japanese anime, and then put that all live action, and then just happen to throw every rubber Godzilla or every giant rubber monster in one movie. Like <laughs> all the human stuff, all the human stuff is is balls out just as crazy as the monster stuff. And and yeah, and it actually has Godzilla killing the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Why does um, it gotta be the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? <laughs> like, why does worst. his name have to be tied <laughs> to that? I would, I would feel so right. ashamed. <laughs> he made the movie. All right, uh, did he? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, well, I'll call. I'll refer to him as Kiss, uh, Kiss of a Rose Godzilla. Then, how about that? <laughs> I'll, I'll throw a seal under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. the soundtrack to Godzilla made more money than the than the flipping movie did. That's anyway, um, the final words is awesome. Anyway, go ahead. And I, I just 
the things I want to yell at Justin and <laughs> most critiques is like, now you want to look for logic in this Godzilla? Like, why now? Why, of all the movies... I know, yeah. ...that, besides Godzilla, you know, like, why, why do you need that now? I thought Godzilla and the other monsters were fucking awesome, and it felt like a Godzilla movie, and... The acting was mostly good. There's some story problems, but it was fucking cool to watch. Easy eight or nine. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Awesome. John? Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the CG, and I thought they the Godzilla in this movie stayed true to, I think, the original Godzilla movies. I think it really he re- looked really, really good. Huge. Um, oh, yeah. I thought it, thought it was really good, but... When I got done with the movie, I just felt feeling like something was missing. I don't know. Probably if I saw it again, I'd like it better. That's the way a lot of movies, for me, it is. But I'm going to give it, as of right now, now I may change, I may change this, but as of right now, I'm going to give it a neutral five. I mean, okay. it's, it's got to be story problems, because, I mean... There's tons of movies where the bad guy doesn't show up till much later than Godzilla did in this one, mm-hmm. you know, and it's because those stories are good and can let it get that far. I, I mean, I'm not saying there weren't problems with Godzilla, but yeah, well, I mean, you can't, you're not going to make a movie like this and not have story problems. But if the if the quote unquote story or the characters outplay the monster, then it should probably have a better story, right? I think that's probably Justin's point. I just as they, they as just I spent, speak for Justin now. <laughs> no, they just spent a lot of time developing this other monster and telling that backstory and stuff. You know, it was it wasn't necessarily Godzilla centric for most of it. And you know, I you could either think that's great and you get to learn stuff, or and. You know, I, I believe it or not, Mike, I've heard some people say that they're sick of uh, origin stories every goddamn movie. <laughs> so, in this yeah. one, you don't, you don't get the Godzilla origin, really, or it's in a sentence. It's not a whole movie about it, so no, that's some people why could be thankful for that. I'm actually kind of stoked when, as soon as I found out there's other monsters involved. I'm like, oh, sweet. So, it kind of sounds like... The whole movie's just not a straight-up single Godzilla yeah. origin, blah, blah, right. blah. It's more of a We've versus. Seen it before. It's more of a Godzilla versus film, for sure. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Now, didn't they set it up like, because they was kind of telling, like, back in the 50s, <clears> and they was talking about this and that, so didn't they kind of set it up to maybe the this was kind of like a, more or less, a, kind of a sequel to the all the original ones? Yeah, they tied it in a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, I liked, I Which, did like that. Which which is which which is awesome and intriguing because it's uh, if you're a hardcore Godzilla fan you can lump it up lump it in with the the whole mythos if you want to, or you can leave it as its own as its own film as its own hopefully future franchise maybe, (laughs) but it goes but it goes without saying though that Toho did the same thing they revamped their own franchise at least at least a couple times so. Like all those awesome Godzilla movies that came out in like the uh, the, the throughout the '90s um, are completely uh, irrelevant to you know like Godzilla versus Megalon or Godzilla versus the Smog Monster or 
Godzilla Revenge, all those early you know, like 50s, 60s, and and 70s Godzilla movies. They just they completely started fresh when they did. Um, uh, I think it was Godzilla '85, and then Godzilla 2000 was another revamp. So, and if anybody is a fan of uh, Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla, you can find it in the five dollar bin at Walmart. I just found it. Nice DVD or Blu-ray? Uh, just DVD. Okay. Yeah, Blu-ray. <laughs> I was, I was into. Oh well, no, hold on, man! I was in Target earlier, had it in my hand, and was just debating. $14.99, two pack on Blu-ray. First of all, Godzilla: Final Wars was one of them. Yes. Uh huh. And then, and then the um, the God. I can't remember the exact name of it, but the Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. The mm-hmm. one from the the two thousand era, so. yeah, yeah. Well, well, Walmart does have three three two. There's three different two packs, and they've got two different Godzilla movies on each one, and they are on Blu-ray. But I don't know. I didn't look at it close enough to see what it was. Ah. And it may be, maybe the one that you're talking about too, Mike. Maybe Walmart's carrying it too. I uh, all I know is I cannot wait for the American Gamera movie. So. Really, giant oh. flying, giant <gasps> camera, camera. Yeah, giant flying, fire-breathing turtle. Come on. <laughs> yes. That would so really translate over well. Or you're just, would... oh, you're just being funny. I get it. I get your jokes. One of our more famous episodes was our isolation episode, where we talked about movies being in confined spaces or or being trapped in certain situations. Um, I posed the question to everybody. What is like their most terrifying isolation scene that they've saw in a movie? Let's take a listen to that. Yeah, isolation films are, are scary. Yeah, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question I want to ask everybody. Um, what is your favorite isolation isolation-related death? Like, it doesn't have to pertain to... The films that we put on on our like little master list or whatever. Um, I mean, I could start it off for you, but mine personally is from Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, where the guy is trapped inside of his own corn silo and just gets buried alive um, by the corn. I remember seeing that because Dark Knight of the Scarecrow was originally a made-for-TV movie, and I can remember when it aired back in the day and just that scene out of that entire movie has always stuck with me even through the years when like i thought maybe i had made this movie up in my head because i could never find it anywhere it's for the longest time it didn't exist anymore and that scene just always was just always so disturbing but for me that's like the worst way to go like suffocation ah forget about that you know I'd, i'd rather be drawn quartered than be suffocated Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. That man. So, so Dustin, favorite isolation death? Well, <clears throat> this doesn't necessarily, this isn't a isolation movie, but, and this isn't just one death, <laughs> so I'm breaking your question up here. Just ignoring well, your question. It, it yeah. Not, not what he wants. No, I'm not ignoring it. Okay, they're I said isolated. It doesn't have to come from an isolation movie. Just you know, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, probably uh, the 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 entire breakout scene 
in um, from Dust Till Dawn when they turn into vampires and just like everybody's getting their heads ripped off and like people are being turned into human guitars and yeah. you know there's just <laughs> crazy fucking you know vampire gore and that whole scene there when they right when they switch is just amazing because you know we all we've all seen it and the contrast between the first part of the movie and the second part of the movie you know now they're held up in this bar and just shit is hitting the fan so that's that's probably my favorite even though it probably doesn't count and i just ripped the shit out of your question i'm sorry mike that's fine but from dust till dawn is a is a great movie i love it for its complete well 180 turn on you in that moment because up to that point you're just watching what looks like just kind of a typical tarantino-esque yeah you know crime drama thing with these renegade burglars or, or you know bad guys and then boom vampires slaughtering everybody why where nobody knows it just happens and it's awesome for that it's it it's crazy has anybody seen the show yet i guess there's a tv show now no i haven't caught it yet i'm kind of afraid yeah me too me too i mean like i i don't understand how you could turn that into a, a tv series but i would say the only reason i'm afraid is because i saw a screenshot of the show and they had like a George Clooney lookalike and a uh, Quentin Tarantino lookalike, but they were much you know younger and I guess prettier. And but they're in they're at the whoa 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 you don't get much prettier than George Clooney, sir. You don't get much prettier than Quentin Tarantino. But uh, <laughs> but that goes without that goes without saying. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but they're at the you know how the movie starts. They're in that gas station, and there's a shot of them. That I don't know if they were mimicking, or I mean, they had to be, but they were uh, one. You know, George Clooney's character was pointing the gun, and, and Quentin Tarantino's behind them, and it, like the the whole entire background gas station looks identical to what it looked mm-hmm. like in the movie, and it's got them because I was scrolling. It was on Facebook. I was scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, this is a picture from Dust of Dawn. I looked closer. I'm like, wait a second, that isn't George <laughs> Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. So yeah, I don't know. That kind of made me afraid. So. Hmm. Maybe they're setting up the pilot, like, to go, like, giving a recap or something. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, Could I guess be. I don't even know the premise of the TV show. Is yeah, they're just forever locked in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know either. What a horrible life. Huh. Hmm. Okay, Terry, what about you? Um, favorite isolation death? I can't think of any particulars, but anything involving being buried alive is that's like suffocating, but you're like waiting to suffocate. Like it's the slowest suffocation ever. Like that is just. You can't suffocate any slower than buried alive. Yeah, it's just. No. Mm mm. Not cool, man. I mean, just suffocation in general. I mean, I have I have asthma, so that's like a realistic concern for me. Mm. And I just like, mm-mm, no, no. I don't want to... There was one movie I could think of where it's kind of implied, but I don't really want to say it because it'll spoil it. Because it's like the very end of the movie. Mm. But I'm just going to stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah well i, I kind of sounds like we're all on the same page except for dustin is terrified of being attacked by vampires in a bar but it kind of sounds like we're all 
all it's the realistic time. concern. <laughs> Scared of suffocation. You know. Uh, Jason, what about you? Favorite isolation death? Well, yeah, like, yeah, it's not favorite. It's least favorite. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah. uh, That's a good point. Yeah, I, my first thoughts were of The Abyss, and I love that movie and been dying to watch it again. But, yeah, just drowning. Just that slow as the as the water fills up. You, <clears throat> you know, you reach up higher and higher until till there's no room left. That's the worst. So, kind of like Terry's, but with water. It's a faster way to suffocate than Terry's. Yeah, so mine's worse. I mean, better. Right. 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 <laughs> like, I don't I don't think I have claustrophobia, but I know in, in certain situations, like, if I can't have full mobility of, of my, my arms and legs, I, I, I have a tendency to kind of panic a little bit. Is there an example yeah. of this? Are you like in a high chair or something? What's the? What do you mean? I'm thinking about <laughs> say <laughs> like, like like the movie Descent, <laughs> Descent when they're crawling through those those small spaces and just watching that and realizing that if I was in that situation, I couldn't just easily turn my body around and go the opposite direction, or I you know I couldn't mm-hmm. you know pick my nose because I can't get my hand up there that that would freak that freaks me out just watching that movie because of that stuff I mean just the the idea of like being in that little confined spot knowing knowing that um if I just eh, if I just turn around I can get out of this no problem I know where I came I know where I came from have you been in a situation I'm trying to think um nothing Nothing again that I still couldn't easily get out of. But so you don't really know if it would really freak your shit or not. No, no, I know I've had situations where like I've it's been kind of I mean I don't know I can't think of maybe specific examples, but just um, where I I kind of sort of in a situation like that, but I'm, it's still easily to get out of, but still have that little moment of like you know oh my god I don't I don't have the, I don't have control here. Um, so the idea of being in that situation, in those goddamn caves, not being able to turn around, not be able to completely move my arms and legs, you know, flail my arms like a maniac, <laughs> is freaking, it just, that's also it's true. panic attack. If, if you were stuck in a situation like that, you couldn't even call for help. If you couldn't move your hands, you pretty much can't talk, like you're saying. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> Oh, that Jason, always giving me a hard time on the show. I think now we should take a listen to some of the best moments of what I like to call giving the host shit. I'm going to say his name wrong because I say it wrong every time and Jason will correct me, but isn't Joe Zito in it as well? What? (laughs) Joe Zito? From May and... Other Jeremy Sisto? Jer- yeah, you were way <laughs> off. <laughs> Jeremy, Joe's yeah. Sisto. I told you I was going to get corrected on you it. You weren't even close. Uh, yeah, that was really the J bad. and the S. I was yeah, gonna say he jo- is in it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Joe Zito. Was, was the director of Friday 4, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong with you. That's awesome. 
He also directed Red Scorpion. But, <laughs> regardless. Um, oh, and, and he also directed um, The Prowler. He had nothing to do with Dead and Breakfast, I hear, though. So, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Sisto, isn't he in Dead and Breakfast? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. he better be after all that. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, all I, that's all I had to say. Okay, so, it's my turn. It's uh, Insane's Picks. What about shout-out? What's that? Shout-out. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> Don't we post a question? <laughs> I mean, we yeah. usually do insane blasts, so... Uh, well, thanks, thanks for calling me out, Terry. I forgot to post on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we have no shout-outs for this episode. <laughs> <sighs> okay. You can Sorry about that. You, you look forward to your comments after we post the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike. We're, it's a very special episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast because we're doing a commentary episode for this one. And the movie we are watching tonight is, yes, you guessed it, none other than the 1991 <laughs> Wes Craven classic, The People Under the Stairs. <laughs> they oh, guessed man. it. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I don't know which is more impressive, that they guessed it or that I knew that they guessed it. Yeah, I don't know. It's in the title. When they click on the show, they'll see what... Never mind. I'm assuming <laughs> when it got distribution, they changed it to Oz Zombies, just so that if anybody were to try to stream the movie through like Netflix... Or, or if anybody's streaming movies through like Netflix or Hulu or something, and they type in A, it'd be like the first thing to pop up. Because it's like, yeah. you a, think a, people a. really do that? I know people. What, uh-huh. what people name their movies that way, or that people search that way? Naming their movie. Oh, I guarantee that's why they did it. Really? Yeah. I don't search for movies that way, though. You're crazy. That's weird. What, you just type in the letter A and it wouldn't be the first thing that popped up? I mean... No, it would be. I but just, I don't really... I think you're crazy that. for actually thinking a producer, no, director... I'm, I'm not saying producer or director, I'm saying the distributor. It's brilliant marketing. Well then, but they can only do it once? Or all their movies start with, ah... Uh, well, then they start numbering movies. <laughs> the number, you are conspiracy theorize about the weirdest shit. It's, it's true. It's a truism. No, it isn't. <laughs> Real funny, guys. Yeah, give give the host a hard time. Yeah, fine. But remember that this episode is me, and I'm at the keyboard editing this together. So payback is a bitch. But I want to get back to the isolation episode that we were talking about before. What made that episode so universally famous was that it was the first time we had ever brought up the term Batchud when we talked about a movie called The Descent. So now let's listen to the origin of what we all know and love now to be known as the Batchud. Well, it may not all be known and loved, but um, we are going to beat it into the ground until actually it becomes a thing. So, here we go. 
the Bat Chat. So we kind of started talking about the descent. Jason, you just got to watch this for the first time today. I did. It was good. Yeah? I liked it. (laughs) What what did you like about it? Well, there was a lot of girls in it. That was really neat. Yep. Are you saying saying that because (laughs) of the fact that you like pretty girls? Or that it's definitely not something you see every day? Um, a movie, especially even a horror movie, where not only are your main protagonists, you know, women, but all the characters are women. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes. <laughs> all of that. No, yeah, it was cool. It started out great. Uh, I loved the intro, Final Destination 2 opening. That was in- crazy. But then, yeah, just a movie with all girls was really neat. And I was scared shitless, as they were all under the ground. I'm not very. I'm a big. I'm a big person. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel too comfortable. I would not. That would not be an activity for me. <laughs> Caving. Spunky. Yeah. But it's good. Good gore and. It's cool. Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. Not a not a big spelunker. Not quite into that. The monsters were pretty freaky, and it was what's cool is it's like I was freaked out before the monsters even showed up. Just all that claustrophobia in those caves was enough. But then all of a sudden you got these like vampire esque kind of like chuds under these caves. Little bat yeah. chuds. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's what we will refer to them from here on out. Is got yourself some bat chuds. Called the exterminator the other day. I heard noise in my attic. I just got still some bat chuds in your attic. <laughs> Damn those bat chuds! And and the problem is they're on the endangered species list, so you can't shoot them, you can't kill them. No. Uh huh. But they help the environment because they eat insects. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. They're bat chuds. We don't need them. Don't need them in my attic. <laughs> bat chuds in your belfry. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, Terry, yes. have you ever have you ever ran into a bat chud? Um, a bat chud? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. What do you think of the bat chuds in the movie Descent? You think it was an accurate portrayal of bat chuds? <laughs> um, from from the from the research I've done, it seems like a pretty. Um, a pretty good likeness of what of what they're supposed to be. So yeah, I, th- I think they did a pretty pretty solid job. Pretty pretty fun. Is creepy. someone googling bat shed right now? Please tell me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I heard. <laughs> oh my god, does it actually exist? Oh. <laughs> No, I was kind of hoping. I mean, I mean, Chud comes up obviously, but I was kind of hoping that the descent would like come up like somebody. <laughs> Just a bunch of of bats and Batman and Chud. Uh, but I would like to add that Steve Buscemi does pop up on the image search. <laughs> he does. It's the very top, what? not the very top, but like very close. Yeah, I guess yeah. We could we could translate that to that in descent. It's just a bunch of Steve Buscemi's running around uh, in the dark. <laughs> That may be more terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Let's make that movie. 
Oh. Or just those creatures with his face. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, Batcha, the movie, I mean Descent, <laughs> written and directed by Neil Marshall, who not only rewrote the book on Batcha's, but also did an amazing <laughs> job with werewolves in the movie Dog Soldier. So. Yep. Sure did. And... Rewrote the book on every genre, apparently, in the movie um, Doomsday. He writes a lot of books and makes movies about them. Yeah. He's ambidextrous. That's not what it means. Oh, Mike. <laughs> I pulled up uh, The Descent on IMDb, and there is no reference to Batcha. But I do love the poster for this movie. Yeah. The, the girls all forming a skull. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very cool poster. One of the last good posters out there. What? <laughs> um, really? Uh, oh. All right, I'm going to go way off on a tangent here just because oh. I can. Yeah, more now. I was listening to another. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, um, where they talked about the movie um, Deadheads. Jason, you know that movie. Yeah. Okay. Very fun and funny um, zombie movie. I think it's I think it's streaming on Netflix. You guys should check it out. It's it's very fun. But the problem I I have with that movie is my DVD box cover and the and the cover they have on Netflix is just it's a bad cover. Again, it's it's faces, but it got me thinking about my whole you know bitchiness about face you know posters with just faces on them. <clears throat> And what really bothers me about the Deadheads one is that it's just it's just not an appealing poster. It's just a granted it's not your typical scream style heads on a poster kind of thing. You know, they're kind of, you know, zombified out and, and kind of got a little fisheye fisheye lens action going on with it cuz one guy's in the foreground and his head's kind of bigger with the other guy in the background pointing the gun. But just like just art design wise, it's very unappealing, you know. And and I think that is a further extension with my issue with with posters with heads. But the Descent poster is pretty solid. It's really, it's really appealing. It's a smart poster. It's in, it's inventive and 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 it's awesome. And it makes you want to see the movie. Yeah, that's not the cover I have on my on my DVD. I have the, uh, it's it's oh. another image that's kind of iconic from the movie. It's when the main character uh, comes out of, like, that blood pool, and she's, you know, looking up and screaming. It's it's one of the photos yeah. on IMDb, but that's what my cover is. Yeah, that's my that's my cover, too, on my DVD. But, I mean, that's cool, because it's a woman covered in blood. And that's a great scene in the movie, too, where she kind of discovers their garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. And... She's, you know, she's like in the blood pool and there's just hardly any light coming out and she's trying to hide from one that's there. Oh, wait, no, isn't it their toilet? Because doesn't one like take a dump in it? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I thought there was some um, bat chud guano going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason, you have the freshest memory of this. Is that true? Was it kind of the bat guano room, or was it the, uh, or was it just a blood pit? I thought it was just a blood pit. 
Okay. Either way, it was freaking awesome. You know, yeah. Just, that whole room is just blood red, gooey it, it blood. It had like know. a, maybe it had a guano layer on top, but <laughs> a dropping layer on top Scam. to preserve the freshness, you know, <laughs> of your blood pit. I'm just saying, there's not enough movies out there with just blood pits or just people just completely soaked in blood. You know, like like the end of Evil Dead or the the remake or Dead Alive. That's just that's just awesome. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like I just watched another movie that had like a pool of blood. <gasps> oh, it was that um, <laughs> uh, Fright Night Two, like the remake remake. Oh yeah. Had a pool oh. of blood in it. It was like a pool. Like, like a pool, just filled with blood. Like your public pool filled with blood. Yeah. That movie's really not that bad. You should try it. Oh, really? I, I thought you said... I thought last time it got brought up, somebody was saying it was bad. It wasn't that bad. Oh, it's okay. okay. It's not like... It's not outstanding. I mean, nothing will beat the original. Anyway. But as far mm. as... Direct direct to DVD sequels of a remake go. It's not bad. No, but it, well, it's not a sequel though. It's like a a remake. Like that's yeah. That's why. It, that's one thing that sucks about it, the confusion. Yeah. Like it's a remake it's of got, the first. It's, it's like a second remake. Yeah. After it's, the Colin Farrell one. <laughs> it's got a two in a title. It's a sequel. Fine. <laughs> You'll understand. You see. Yeah, probably not. So, anything else anybody wants to say about the descent? Um. Bat chud. Bat chud. Bat chud. So, if we learned anything from this episode, boys and girls, we learned about bat chuds. <laughs> Need to copyright that trademark that term. Yeah. I don't know if we could with Chud in it. Hold on. I just did. I wrote a T and an M on this <laughs> piece of paper right next to the word Bat Chud. It's copyright. Done. Done. Oh yeah. Bat Chud. Like, yeah, I'm not kidding. We are gonna keep talking about it until it's a thing until i see somebody on the street wearing a bat chud t-shirt we're gonna keep talking about it so bat chud oh so yes we've talked many 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 movies over the course of the show um and over this past year on a couple different episodes uh the films of simon pig and edgar wright have been brought up so uh, on a couple different episodes, we had our zombie comedy episodes where we talked about Shaun of the Dead, and our killer robot episode where we talked about, spoiler alert, uh, the end of the world. So let's take a listen to what we have to say about those two films right now. Yeah, I was actually wanting to talk about Shaun of the Dead anyway, so... Yeah, you were trying to bring it there. I was. I was trying to segue away from our <laughs> off-topic... Hey, he almost had it too. I tried to bring it back for you. <laughs> so, Terry, tell us about this movie you refer to. What was it? Steve? Or the, what was it called? 
Steve uh, of the Dead? Sean of the Dead. Sean of the Dead, right. S-H-A-U-N. Oh, Sean. Sean. Sean! I actually revisited this last night because it had been... I don't even know when the last time was that I watched it. Um, it's far too long. And I fall in love with this movie over and over again every time I watch it. Um, it's just, every time I watch it, I find something new about it that I might not have noticed before. There's just all these little subtle things that they do. It's just, it's such a smart comedy movie. These guys are just, I mean, this this trio of uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is just brilliant. I will watch anything they do ever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite things when I watched it last night is actually like the opening sequence. I mean, I've, I've heard you guys talk about how big of a fans um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and those guys are of Romero. And just the whole opening scene seemed very reminiscent of his stuff. It's very social commentary like in the beginning. Because well. it's just all of these shots of. It's just people in their everyday lives, but they all seem like zombies already before the yeah. outbreak has even happened. And I love it's, how all the actors in those in those opening shots end up being zombies. Yeah, yeah. It's just. But so I good. I will also note too that uh, definitely um, some of the music uh, in that opening of the film uh, the the movie opens like on what's what's their production company working title is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. When it opens on the working title logo, it is, is a yeah. soundbite sample from Dawn of the Dead music. How's it go, Mike? <laughs> 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 um, um, I can't do it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> close. <Yeah. laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's that's straight Dawn of the Dead, and even. Even that opening music, which is their music, yeah. that that kind of—I don't know what you'd call it—kind um, of lighthearted, um, like elevator music. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. That is really reminiscent of some of the. Um, well, I guess you could say elevator music or mall music that plays yeah. throughout Dawn of the Dead as well. Yeah. But they they soundbite a lot of the a lot of the Goblin music throughout the movie, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Respect. I mean, hell, they direct, they direct quote Romero movies in that movie. Yeah, my favorite. Oh my God. I yeah, didn't even. Sorry. I caught one this time that I apparently just went over my head every other fucking time I watched it. But the. When he's talking to his mom on the phone and it's like, we're coming to get yes. you, Barbara. Yeah. I'm like, yes. how did I not fucking catch this before? <laughs> it just hit me like a brick wall when I watched it this time. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> but it's awesome. Um. It's just uh, it's so smart. I love all of the, uh, like, the correlation. Like, I love um, Sean's walk to the, the supermarket. Like, you know, he does the first one before the outbreak, and then he yeah. does it again, like, when it's already started. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. And he and how oblivious. He's he's in such his mundane rut that he's oblivious yeah. of, every, of what's going on in the background on that second yeah. day. Yeah. You know what's so great about that scene, too, is that 
uh, I guess I should just say my favorite part is because he, you know, he he. There's the kid playing the soccer, and there's the there's the the guy the the, the runner when he uh-huh. when he runs when he runs he he's jogs by him the first time, but the second <laughs> he's time sprinting. he's sprinting like <laughs> yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. Like you just like oh, what's he running from? That's so cool. It's just oh, it's so smart. I love it. I'm and I'm a big fan of British humor too. So. It's just a win all around. And you don't even have to be a fan of British humor to love this movie. It's just... You don't. And you don't have to know anything about Edgar Wright. You don't have yeah. to know anything about the series or the show before it. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't when I first watched me it. Me neither. Yeah. And then me, when you... I think neither. it's even more fun to go back and watch those even now and mm-hmm. then go back to watch this. I mean, this... What they've created is for something... So much replay value in, like, their trilogy. But especially with this movie mm-hmm. is that... If you go back and you watch some of the other movies, you watch the show, and you just come back to this, and you catch something new, like Terry was saying, every time. And that's, that's I mean, it's, I could go downstairs and watch it again right now, no problem, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because the, the, the nod to Spaced, I, I mean, I hadn't seen Spaced till years and years and years after seeing Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah me either. And I, I never got for the, and I had seen Shaun of the Dead several times and never got that, that every time he runs into that girl and obviously this yeah. is somebody from his past, yeah, uh-huh. you know, but you just, you just kind of play it off, you know, it's still, it's still good scenes. And then what's cool is, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, but then the fact that <laughs> that girl is, that girl is a complete reference to space. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And as soon and what's awesome is the first time I saw space, I'm like, Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and then too. you go back to Shaun of the Dead and you watch it again. But what's awesome is they do those inside jokes for the for the hardcore fans, mm-hmm. or the people that become hardcore fans. But they don't they don't uh, shut out the rest of the world that yeah, aren't yeah. hardcore fans because yeah. They, yeah, they don't shove them in your face and be like, "Ah, oh, you get it." Like it's yeah. just so subtle and there because. Every time that girl comes back, it's kind of it, it, it's it's a nod back to the earlier scenes, and 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 there's so there's there's comedy in that. So you mm-hmm. don't have to know spaced to get the later the later bits. It's like okay, she shows up, and now she's with her boyfriend, and there's this parallel between Sean's friends and family and this girl's friends and family. Ha ha, that's funny. And then the <laughs> fact that this girl shows up at the end, you know. Um, mm-hmm. To save the day, and it's like okay, now it all comes together for me, and I get it, you know. And then, but then seeing space, it's like oh, now I ultimately get it. So, mm-hmm. so they yeah, they do a great job of like giving you those bits for everybody, but then there's but then there's a little hidden extra in there, meaning for the uh, hardcore fans, like sure. jumping over the fence in <laughs> every single one of the movies. Yeah. So good. Or the ice cream in every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Cornettos. Yeah. And Edgar Wright's got such an amazing visual style. Um, oh yeah, all of like the 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 like the montage shots or whatever you want to call them. Every transition is like a hard on for him. I swear, like. <laughs> It's like, ooh, what can I do now? I'll zoom up on the the seatbelt, you know. It's just like, <laughs> well, he he does have a master eye for transitions, and he makes the transition transitions visually stimulating and fun, even if it's something like a scene wipe by the bus going by. 
Yeah. You know, the bus is the scene wipe of the scene. Just even little little moments like that. But but again, going back to even more with his visual style and the fact that, you know, if you're casually watching this movie, you may not get the fact that all those characters in those in that opening montage credit sequence are also all of our zombies in the second and third act. You may not pick that up right away, but so it's so it's not like he takes those things and throws them in your face, but there's enough there that it's it's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Super awesome. Mhm. I love it. Still my favorite, I think of the of the trilogy. I okay. Can't help it. <laughs> It's it's pretty neck and neck with me between that and A World's End. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I love Hot Fuzz. Don't get me wrong, but I love A World's End. Yeah. I, we just watched that Saturday. I, Jason, oh, yeah? So, yeah, we watched ah, it. And, yeah, uh, out. It reminded me of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or something like you know that genre, but still it seemed fresh and original. Like it was. It was cool. It was really cool. Now I'm not gonna. I don't want to give any. I'm not gonna give any spoilers because I don't. I think it's still new enough that I probably shouldn't be giving any spoilers. But when the ending started to happen, I, a little bit at first I'm like, "What, really?" And then I'm just like, "Ah, fuck it. No, this is awesome." <laughs> 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 it's kind of one of those things. It's like, "All right, if that's where they want to go, I just accept it. It's awesome." Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason, do you have anything to add about Shaun of the Dead? Um, it's awesome. <laughs> do you have a favorite moment? Uh, I, I, gosh, those two are so fucking funny. The, yeah. Uh, man, part of me, I love the scene in the backyard where the girl falls on the pipe and she gets up. That's really awesome. Yes. My favorite part about that scene is. Like when they're standing there shocked, like after she yeah. falls and she gets up and he starts spinning his disposable camera to take oh, another picture. I know it. That's <laughs> the best part. Comedy. That's just oh, <sighs> so good. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> funny. So well, good. Go watch that. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had it. You don't have it. No. Because I was waiting for you to buy me that three-pack for Christmas. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The elusive three-pack. Uh, you told me you are going to get me and then didn't. And now it's not available anywhere. <laughs> right, Dustin? Yeah. Well, I didn't. Speak, well, what's crazy is that was the only store version I, found, I, I saw anywhere for the long time of World's End. Now I see it everywhere by itself. But that was the only only way I saw World's End was in that three pack for a while, and I don't know. No, it's okay. I don't need all three of them. It's cool. All right, whatever. We'll move on. <laughs> um, Dustin, do you have a favorite scene from Sean? Uh, yeah, I've I've talked about it before, so I'll make it quick. But I love it when they're all in the the car and, and they're trying to get to the Winchester. I mean, every one of them, and his stepdad's been bit, and they he turns and they all scatter from the car. And he's like yelling at his mom. He's like, "There's nothing left in that man that you remember." And he turns off the music. Yeah, like I love that part. I think I laughed harder at that than just about anything else. And that movie was my first introduction to Bill Nye too, who I love in everything. Love. 
Yeah. And it still kind of gets me if I see him in something serious, like the Underworld series. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, are, you are Sean's stepdad. You are not the leader of all vampires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, do you have a favorite Sean scene? Oh, my goodness. All of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, gosh. There's so many. Um, 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 I really... I like the scene when they're walking from the bar to, like, when they're when they're really drunk and they don't nothing. No one really knows what's going on. And first, you see the the chick in the back like making out with a guy, and then his head like almost falls off. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then they they're doing their electro with the zombie on the street. That's such a classic moment. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't John, John, what about you? You got a favorite scene? Favorite moment? Uh, okay. Jason, yeah. Mike, Terry, yes. and Dustin, you all love this movie, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. I have the DVD in my hand. I hate to say this, but I have yet to see the whole movie. Whoa. Every, every time I watch, I get to watch it, I start watching parts of it, and something comes up, and I don't get to watch the rest of it. So, you guys, you guys convinced me to watch this. Okay, so you're not like turning it off because you hate it. You just no, no, I have the chance. I haven't had the chance to. Every okay. time I go to watch it, something comes up, and I'm like, dang it! And then I don't get to watch it. Oh, I've been man. wanting to see it, and it's in my hand right now. I have it Dude, right in my hand. It is so good. Watch it. It really oh, is the best zomcom. What's great about and this is, I think, where a lot of zombie movies or even zombie com, especially zombie comedies. But the where the bad ones stick out like a sore thumb is because they don't know the source material. This is a movie that's made by fans of the source material. Yeah. There's so much to George Romero and and the like, especially George Romero, but but of the zombie of zombie films in general, um, a lot of great humorous yet subtle social commentary that's going on in it. Um, Amazing character uh, characters in. have to have the zombies involved to follow and enjoy what's going on with these characters, which I think is 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 an amazing feat, especially in a zombie movie. Um, but it doesn't also hold back from being a good zombie film. It's got some great gore. It's got a lot of great zombie action moments, and. And just because it's a comedy doesn't mean that um, that things end end in a perfect happy package either. Right, right. How's that, John? That, that worked. You? Oh, oh, that convinced me. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I, we didn't I, completely spoil it for you. We we just no. assumed everyone on here. And- <laughs> no, no, I no, and like I said, I've seen parts of it. I've I've just never sat down and been able to catch the whole thing but i will now and i will let you guys know what i think of it awesome (laughs) it's an absolute blast yeah cool i don't know if i can cite a favorite scene either but i do want to say that a moment that i always get pumped for and enjoy excited and the general adrenaline is going is when and also it's it's also now one of my all-time favorite Queen songs. Yeah. But <laughs> when the jukebox kicks, 
and they are fighting the zombie with pool cues to the beat of um, "Don't uh, Don't Stop Me Now." Love that moment. Yeah. And they managed to pick two of the greatest Queen songs to put in this. And I mean, I love Queen, and two of my favorite Queen songs are in this movie. Wasn't that part just crazy though? Because not only are you laughing because that's what they're doing, but that is like a like tension building right there because you know all the zombies outside can hear it, and uh-huh. these yeah. are like these are scary zombies. So, man, that's that. Yeah, that's a great scene. And I also think that's another key of a successful zombie comedy is when the laughs are come from the characters, not the not the horror element. Uh, that's that goes yeah. for any horror slash comedy. A truly good, successful one is is one that takes the horror element, in this case zombies, seriously, and the laughs come from the characters and they're dealing with the situation. Because let's face it, humans are funny, stupid people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, The World's End, Simon (laughs) Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, directed by Edgar Wright. So it's the third movie in the uh, Coronado. Did I say that right? Cornetto. Cornetto. Uh-huh. Netto, Nato. The third yes. movie in that trilogy, which I think that's a stupid. That's so stupid. Blood and, it's the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Yeah, that's, yes, that's much better. <laughs> what's, stu- uh, what's stupid? Coronado trilogy? Is that what's stupid? Yeah, it's like in the movie for like two seconds in each movie, right? Like, I like that it's named that way because of would. that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's about it's about some good friends who are coming together, uh, not wanting to come together, but uh, coming together to do this like pub crawl that is pretty unrealistic. The golden Mile. Yes, the Golden Mile. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's it's all you know. It's got some great characters in it. Um, but basically, they're doing this Golden Mile, and you would think it's just another, like, drunk party, like, hangover-type movie. But then, like, shit gets weird, and they find out that the town that they're in is not right, and that everybody's robots. <laughs> um, I can't remember what they... Are they calling them robots in this? Or they're calling them... They got a, a clever... They fight over it forever. Yeah, and they call them blanks. I think blanks. Yes. Yeah. On. So yeah, um, they ended up. Uh, um, Simon, or, yeah, Simon Pegg ends up in a bathroom with one of them, and he's trying to have a conversation with them, and he ends up getting into a scuffle with this kid, and he finds out he's a robot. Um, and then they all come in, they all get in on it, and they 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 realize to not stand out. They should just continue with their pub crawl and just keep going like nothing's wrong, which, you know, adds hilarity and craziness and 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 kung fu. Holy cow. This movie had so much good like choreography karate in it. It was just like mm-hmm. it was just so good. It's like it's it's who cares that they know how to do it? It just looks awesome and it just fits so well. And when they pull apart the robots, like, I'm sure all of us guys know that when we had, like, you know, G.I. Joes and Ninja Turtles and things like that, when you pulled off an arm, uh, you know, there was kind of like a little small connector there that was, you know, easy for it to go back on. That's 
kind of like what these robots are. They're just like they look like they're easily assembled. Um, but the robots are so cool. They keep coming back. It doesn't matter that they that they're brutally murdering, like not murdering them, but they're they're taking them offline. There we go. Um, <laughs> and they're like oozing this blue toilet water blood <laughs> that's like <laughs> ink. Is it, is it blue? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's blue. Yeah. So it's just it, it's 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 got the two people that you love together, and that's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they're doing something that they do well, which is drinking and, and making us laugh. And it's just, mm. you know, I think some people said this one was lacking. I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought it was so cool. I, I need to own the three-pack on Blu-ray so I can have them all. I love all three of them in that Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, if you like killer robots, this movie is for you. You wouldn't know it. Like I said, it's like a hangover type movie at the but beginning. But it's so gory. It's so gory, yes. Even if it's blue blood, it's so gory. Yes, they bring it. They bring it with the killer robots. So, yeah, I, that's, love, I think. It, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just. I love the fight scene with the uh, evil twins in this movie. That's one of the best. Where the legs get on the arms. Yeah. <laughs> oh those yeah. Shits. It's awesome. It's too weird. Freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you, Dustin. I love this movie. I don't see why why people said it was lacking. If you are really into the whole Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, um, oh my God, uh, uh, Edgar Wright camp. Yeah. You know uh, this boot you. Sh- there's, I, this movie's for you. There shouldn't be any reason. I actually would have to say, as far as the three movies go, this one may take over as my favorite. <laughs> it's it cool. may actually bump Shaun of the Dead out wow. of first place. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you had you had mentioned the kung fu. Now it's not. Now to clarify, it's not like crazy like wire fu matrix style kung fu or anything right, like that. Right. Or, or, you know, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon stuff. What's cool about the Kung Fu in it is, yes, it is extremely well choreographed and it looks awesome, but it still kind of fits to their characters. So it's a, it's a little it's a little on the sloppy side. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of a it's kind of a mix of like uh, of just like overall street brawl mixed with Jackie Chan movement. Yeah, yeah. It's ex- yes, it's, it's it's exactly that. Like using their surroundings. And you know, counterattacking and yeah, very brawl. Yes, they're the master of the bar brawl for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and I get you're right. That plays in into the into the movie because they talk about how they brawled when they were younger, and you know, Mm -hmm. they just never forgot that. And (laughs) that's what's so cool about Nick Frost. He's got this build to him that when they're in that bathroom scene and they're all just you know going at it on those teenagers, like he's just. He's such a big guy, but he moves like so well. Like I believe, like if he got into a brawl, like that's what he would do. That's how he would kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I also like how in this one the roles were reversed for Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Like in the in the first two films, like Simon Pegg is the straight guy, you know, and then uh, in this one he's the he's the slacker guy. Yeah. The comic relief, and although it's although it's weird because it's still kind of I still kind of see it as Simon Pegg's movie. Like 
his character has the has the big character arc. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And 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 even saying that uh, Nick Nick Frost is the straight guy, he still has some hilarious moments. Like when yeah, he yeah. Do, when he does just say because he doesn't want to, you know, uh, indulge in this. Uh, he's like the most re- resistant in doing this whole bar crawl thing, but then when. Um, the crap hits the fan, and they they decide to keep going with the bar crawl, and he st- he starts doing the shots or whatever. And then he's like head button a uh, head button robots and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When he finally turns over, that is a cool moment for sure. <laughs> then he it's, just slams five shots, like <laughs> so good. And it should be said too that these robots are I don't I don't know if you said it or not, Dustin. They um, they're a product of this alien race that are are trying to completely just take over Earth. Well, it take basically just trying. How would how they say it? Kind of. Um, I don't know. Peace throughout the guess peace throughout the universe by just assimilating everybody as the one one consciousness or something like that kind of thing. But they weren't doing it to everyone. If you agreed and you were willing, you could be still be yourself. Yeah, within, yeah, yeah. As long as you didn't rock the status quo, you know, <laughs> per se. Yeah. John, have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. Wait, but now you if, want to. If I remember right, and um, on the uh, zombie comedy episode, you said you still hadn't watched uh, Shaun of the Dead all the way through, and I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Enough, man. I know. So, so you're you're just you're just not overly familiar with with uh, this trilogy. Did you ever see Hot Fuzz? No. Okay. <gasps> okay. Fair enough. It's, it's <laughs> wow. I'm so sad Ter- for you. <laughs> <laughs> Blame John. He done fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> Terry, what do you have to say about a world's end? Yeah. At first, it wasn't. It was probably my least favorite when I first watched it, but the more I've watched it, like several times since then, and it's really grown on me. I, I'm not sure where I can put it in the order of the series, though. I think, I think Shaun of the Dead still holds the number one spot for me, but it may be beat out Hot Fuzz. I'm not sure, but I, I love it. I love that group of guys, Edgar Wright plus Simon Pig and Nick Frost. It's just golden. I love it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I hope they still do more stuff together, even though it's always been rumored that it was a trilogy. So that would indicate that that one was the last one. Oh, I'm sure that they'll even like in like a producer capacity or something. They'll they'll still do things together. I think they've kind of become best buds, or I like to think that they're best buds anyway. Oh, for <laughs> oh for sure. Well, they've worked together. For years and years and years now, so yeah, and now growing and, rich together, so those are real yeah. good friends. <laughs> how did how did a World's End do box office wise? Does anybody know? I don't think it did that well. I guess I wonder too. Like, no, it did not. Um, yeah, they had a budget of twenty eight, and they grossed twenty six. Ew, is that worldwide or is that just 
United States. Um, that's the United States, but I could see them. I could see this movie being a success from where they are from worldwide. Forty six. So, um, because well, I mean, was this movie like the other two? Was it wasn't produced in the states? Was it? It was. It was made over there, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it seems like they always came out first there, um, especially Shaun of the Dead. Like, I don't know, how long did it was it out before we even got it here? So, Oh, at least a year or two. Yeah. Well, I know when The World's End came out, we didn't get it. We, I think Burlington, which is, there are only a few theaters around here, but they had it for one weekend, and then it was gone. Yeah. And I, I almost I, didn't even notice that they were getting it, or I would have missed it completely. I think that was probably the case of everywhere. Plus, as far as, like, uh, the way it was handled in the States, I think it was handled horribly. You didn't really see a lot of advertising for the movie. Yeah, no. And it also had the misfortune Shit's of... Shit's com- expensive. <laughs> yeah. It also had the misfortune of coming out the same summer as um, This Is The End. Yeah, a lot of people were really confused by that. Yeah, titles are too similar. Kind of, sort of has similar themes about, you know, kind of the end of the world kind of thing. Yeah. But two completely different films by far, for sure. Both awesome, but different. Oh, both are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but different. Jason, do you have any other things to say about A World's End? Um, I loved it. I'm really confused about the ending. The ending <laughs> ending, like, what the fuck? Or is that what it's supposed to be? I think that's probably what it's supposed to be because I would. I'm with you. The ending. I almost pulled a Joe on everybody. Uh, the ending almost ruined the entire movie for me. Um, until <laughs> until at one point, I'm just sitting there and be like, okay, okay, let's turn this around. Come on, this this isn't really the ending, is it? This isn't really an- the ending. <laughs> and then I think it's I think it's just when that final moment when um, Simon Pegg walks into the bar with the other uh, with the other blanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, oh, screw it. Who cares? This is this is still <laughs> hilarious and awesome and funny. So but, yeah, it was but, uh, beyond Thunderdome ending for sure. It, it, totally <laughs> it totally was. Which, in retrospect, you know, after thinking about it after the movie's done, is kind of awesome. You know, that's yeah. just this completely. I mean, how could you really end that? And I, <laughs> I and I like the fact that you know they, well, they ended it so dark as it was. Well, yeah, because the, the old shit. Only the way to only way to save themselves is basically to end all of end the world, and end the world uh, escape from New York style. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, wait, wait. Was it was that the ending of Escape from L.A.? L.A. Yeah. L.A. Sorry. Okay. Try not to give out spoilers here. <laughs> We've all been doing this show for quite some time now, and being, you know, world-famous podcasters in our own mind, we have met a lot of horror celebs from uh, from over the years at different conventions and film festivals and just hobnobbing. So here's a few moments of our favorite celebrity encounters. Back to when we first got to the hotel. We just checked in. Okay, and so we get to the elevator, we get in the elevator, and I hit the button up to our floor. And you can about imagine this, picture this in your mind like you would see this in a film. The door is closing, 
And all of a sudden, coming towards me is Bill Mosley. And it, like, everything just slowed down. Like, and all I could do was just stare at him. That's the first, like, horse leb I, I've met. Well, besides, you know, like, Lene and stuff. But at this convention, it's just like, oh, that's been, what the fuck? And yeah. everything slowed down. And I was just completely awestruck and didn't even hold the door open for him. And it shut right <laughs> in his face. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I just looked at Jason like, oh, fuck. That would have been the man, the myth, the legend, John Carpenter. Oh, I got to meet him. My boy's face right now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I got to meet him. uh, Let's see, last year at uh, in Cincinnati at Horror Hound. That's bullshit. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I did get to meet uh, um, George Romero, though. That's bullshit. But anyway, it is uh, bullshit. It is. But I got to meet him. So it's it's a like I said, didn't really get say, just told him, you know, you know, love the movies and, you know, and here's the deal. My wife is a, she's, she's not one for like meeting celebrities. She's like, well, you know, they're, they're just people. They're no, you know, it's no big deal. You know, you know, I, uh, they're just like us. So, you know, that doesn't really, you know, interest me too much to go up and meet people. Well, she was in the line behind me because she's the one that um, took a picture of him signing my poster. And so I, you know, I shook his hand and I said, you know, thanks for the movies, Mr. Carpenter. And he said, oh, yeah, you definitely. And, and, and so I walked on. So here I was holding my poster, you know, kind of looking at it and didn't want to roll it up right then and let one let the ink dry. So I was getting ready to walk off. I turned around. I'm like, well, where is she? I was looking for her. here. She is over there at the table shaking his hand, you know, and saying, you know, <laughs> she's one that won't do that and she's like she's like oh i've just got to shake your hand and all this <laughs> i got a kick out of it because she doesn't do anything like that and she i i said well i was wondering where you was at she said oh i had to shake his hand but you know that. actually my favorite like real celebrity moment was watching um you know we just got into the convention we just gotten uh dustin had just gotten kane hotter and um zach galligan stuff which zach galligan was really cool he like wanted all of us, both both Terry and Dustin, to be in Dustin's picture, you know, us all together. Yeah, it was really so cool. So that was, that was nice of him to do that. Um, but... Like, What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, my favorite celebrity moment was we just met up with Jason and Mike and Flyboy, and they're in line to meet Mark Patton, and... Like, we're standing over, I'm standing over by the garbage can, and me and Dustin are watching this happen, and, like, Jason is just full-on getting felt up by Mark Patton. (laughs) (laughs) It was was just like, he was like, now come, like, in my head, I couldn't hear them, they were just out of earshot, but in my head, Mark was saying to Jason as he's, like, rubbing the back of his neck, come down to my level, and he's like, I'm sure Mr. Patton will listen to this and be like, yep, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> Jason's so tall. Right. That fucker, he about stabbed a hole in my chin with this Freddy glove that he was wearing. That Freddy glove looked legit. Yeah. It wasn't sharp, but it was pokey. Oh. I'm, I, I'm a rookie, okay? So I'm not a, I'm not a veteran. <laughs> so <laughs> Crypticon, Kansas City was my first one uh, just a couple weekends ago. And you guys know who I was going to see for sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> which was Kane Hodder, and man, 
holy cow, like, I've played a lot of concerts and shows, and I don't get nervous anymore, so I haven't, like, felt this type of nervousness in, like, a really long time, and I, the line wasn't very long, you know, I was going to be, I was going to be meeting him, you know, I, I, we walked in, we checked in, I went straight to his line, I was going to be meeting him in, like, less than, like, 10 minutes, you know, and he's right there, and he's, you know, he's, I can hear him, I can hear his voice, I already know what he sounds like, so I'm already freaking out, and I make a point to get my wallet out, because I'm shaking, like, like, like I'm freezing. <laughs> like, like I said, I haven't experienced that type of nervousness. And I'm like, okay, this fucker can't see me pull out my cash and have me shaking like this. Like I'm, I'm. There's like three people in front of me that are, you know, they've already got their money out. I'm like, good idea. I'm getting my money out now. And I get up there, and it's soon as I start talking to him, it's just, you know, it's, it's the nervousness is all gone because, like Flyboy said earlier. They're real people, then they're just like us. And I just, I, I didn't believe it. I had heard that before, but I just didn't believe it until that first second when he just started talking to me like, like a normal dude. And I was like, "Hey, we're ready." <laughs> and he's and he, and he looks at me, and he goes, "What?" I go, "We're ready for you to come back as Jason." And he stops, he stops, because uh, I already picked out my picture, and he stops, and he looks up at me, and he's, and he's just like, ah, you know what, when are they going to realize that people want me back as Jason? And then, like I said, right, right then and there, I was fine. I was going to be fine for the rest of the convention. Hell yeah. I mean, it, it could have been, it, it could have been, he could have been a dick, and it could have went another way, because I had heard stories like that before, not from any of you guys, but just on the internet. And I'm thinking this can go either excellent or this can go down south pretty quick. But as soon as we started talking, it was it was it was perfect. I was fine. I was fine. And you know, he said that he's like, you know, what? When are people going to realize? I'm like, man, you you know, because you you've got all the mannerisms. You're Jason. And you know, he's like, yeah. He's like, but I go, you've you know, you still got Hatchet though. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, they're probably not going to do any more of those. And I'm like, what? Unless <laughs> they want me to. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you're just trying to get it, like, you know, get me excited and bring me up and down. Like, what are you doing? So <laughs> I got, I got, I got my picture signed. Um, and I was so nervous that, you know, it's not the picture that I had him sign was uh, made or <laughs> made in Manhattan. Jason in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, oh, how awesome would that have been if you were like, "I love you in Made Manhattan." <laughs> I'm on J Lo. <laughs> so my my. My favorite Kane Hodder Jason is definitely the telekinesis uh, Jason. Oh, right. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you see his fucking vertebrae hanging out of his back. You see his jaw and his teeth. You know, that to me is the best Jason. I was so nervous picking out my picture because that was the first thing I did. I, I picked out the Manhattan one. I kind of wish, you know, it's a great looking picture. I love it. I've already got it framed. I've got all of them framed. Um, but I wish I would have taken just a couple more minutes to look around and pick a better picture. But, you know, like I said, from... It happened so fast. <laughs> from there, yeah, it happened pretty quick. Uh, and then, you know, like Mike, you said with the introduction there, I got a picture with him, and, <laughs> and it's it's not a myth. 
It's it's true. This fucker chokes the shit out of you while yeah, right, <laughs> asshole. It was so funny because I'm the one taking the picture, and I just say, "Just keep choking him." <laughs> she milks it, so I'm getting choked for a pretty good amount of time. Which and is so I- funny because I took the picture like right when he started choking him. <laughs> I, think he, I think he felt me follow, like <laughs> on his hand, like my Adam's apple, because I'm like, "Nope," you know, trying to you know, gasp. <laughs> For air for a second, and you know he was he was, but he came up and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna choke you for a little bit in this picture." I'm like, "Okay," and he's just like, "Grab, you know, just, fuck." Like I <laughs> prepared for it, really. I was okay. I was prepared to be choked, but I wasn't prepared to be like choked like someone's you know trying to choke you for real. But it was fun. I, he was you know like I said, totally cool. Definitely my favorite of the of the of the Crypticon Kansas City. I have got to go to another one, you know, if it's the same one or a different one, definitely got to go. But he was my favorite. I met other people there, but definitely he was Kane Hodder. Awesome dude. Meet him if you go to a convention. We all hate you. <laughs> now I just no, want all, to say all something but weird. Boy, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it w- so from the first convention we ever went to, we start the game of like, who's, who's the one that's going to make you poop in your pants? You know? <laughs> And, you know, maybe we thought about it, maybe we hadn't. But I knew what my answer was, you know, 17 years ago when I was first asked this question, who would be the one guy? And, oh my god, I got to meet him a few weeks ago. But even better, and even more special, is that he was wearing makeup. And that's Freddy Krueger. I got to meet Freddy (laughs) Fucking Kruger <laughs> in makeup applied by the guy who fucking put it on part three and four makeups from three and four and from Robert Kurtzman and oh my God, dudes, I've told all you guys, but oh my God, it was, it was crazy. My favorite part about the story. Well, one, I'll just tell you the story. So I, I told y'all I was afraid I was going to actually pee my pants, and which I've never done before. I'm a grown adult who has full control of his bladder and utilities, but I was still afraid. So right before we jumped in line, I went to the bathroom. You know, I wanted to make sure that all this joking didn't actually turn out to be true. But uh, <laughs> so I go to the bathroom right before we get in line, and as soon as we get into the room where he is, I'm like, why do I have to fucking pee again? I just I just emptied this. Why do I have to pee again? This is crazy. And uh, it was so cool because we go into this room and there's uh, like this backdrop. So we can't even see him because he's on the other side taking pictures. And we're kind of just the lines going around around this backdrop. And just Flyboy and I were just like, I, we were just shaking. You know, we're just like, no, 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 no. This fucking ain't real. And then we're just like, did you hear that? He just... I think I heard his voice. Oh my God. And we just fucking just <laughs> look at each other and try not to poop. And, uh, <laughs> and so it was so cool. Like, um, so Flyboy's wife and son, little junior, he was dressed as Freddie, of course. And they were in front of me and they got to go first. So soon as, soon as like they broke the plane of this backdrop and they could see Freddie, fucking Freddie Krueger whips around looks at little junior and screams to the crowd he's like 
how sweet fresh meat in his fucking Freddy voice. And everyone in the room's like, oh my god, he's fucking in the box! He's fucking in the box! Oh my god! And just, everyone was just freaking the fuck out because he did it in full, loud Freddy voice. And it was just, it was nuts. And then, like, I don't even remember what happened after that because Flyboy <laughs> then went and took their pictures. And then Flyboy jumped back in line for me. And there's just, I don't even remember. Like, once, <laughs> once I could see him, it's all a blur because like right, we're we're five people away, we're four people away, we're three people away. It's like what what wait wait what? I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Like the whole day, I'm like, what? Am I gonna do my stupid pose that I always do? No, I need to. I need to be cool. I don't know what to do. I was totally freaking out and panicking. Ugh. And so I didn't have to worry about it because when it came time, motherfucking Freddy Krueger points at me with his fucking glove. Which, how I didn't let something go there, I don't know. Because that was scary as fuck. I was like, yes, whatever you say, just don't kill me. He's just like, choke me. And I'm like, while I choke your friend. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, don't kill me. Kill him. And so, he starts choking Flyboy, and I get behind him, and I start choking him. And I'm fucking, I'm touching the makeup. And so, I just, I never, in a million fucking years, I would have thought... One, I get to choke the fuck out of that Freddy guy, but I got to touch the makeup, and we got to take this crazy, stupid picture, and and he was he was incredible for an eight hundred year old guy. He was jumping around and bouncing around on the chair, and and like with the makeup on, he looked as young as he always did. It was uh, it was unreal. Obviously, you know he was you wouldn't know he was old. He was just bouncing around, full of energy the whole day, taking pictures. He was on. Fire is that is that the wrong thing to say? But uh, no, you're right. <laughs> and then it was over. Like I don't even. And we just stood out in the hallway for 15 minutes, just uh, 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 I, what? What happened? Uh, uh, oh my god! And that was it. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Freddy Krueger, guys. Last November, when Jason and I went to Days of the Dead Chicago, they had a reunion. I think it was probably their first actual convention. As everyone knows, I am a huge, huge, huge Blair Witch Project fan. Oh, fuck. oh yeah. yeah. And they had Heather, Mike, and Josh there, which actually Josh canceled at the last minute. So it's just Heather and... Uh, uh, Mike, wait a minute. They're they're alive. <laughs> I knew, I was waiting for it. Yeah. For it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I was so fucking stoked to meet them. Went up and wouldn't leave them alone. Was just, but they were they were cool as hell. Um, just you know, asking me questions. You know what I thought about this part of the film, that part, all sorts of fun stuff. So. I I kind of thought of this idea, you know, to get my picture with both of them. I'm like, I got to do, there's something in the back of my mind we just have to fucking do. So right outside this big uh, uh, room, it's just this little hallway and no one's back in this corner. So I'm like, Heather, Josh, or, or Heather, Mike, do you mind uh, taking this picture with me back here? And they're like, sure. So we go back to this little hallway and I have Mike 
stand in the corner oh, with his back facing <laughs> the corner, or his face, you know, towards the corner, just like, and he even tilted his head, just oh, like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And me and Heather, <laughs> me and Heather are there, just like, you know, with the the freaking out reaction, and it was just. Um, they 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 both told me that they've never had anyone ever do that kind of picture with them. Yeah, because when you're like, "Hey, I'm going to ask him to do this," I'll be like, "There's no fucking way they'll right, do that." Right. <laughs> and they did, Damn and it, they did, and scariest. it was just like it was incredible. It was, you know, it goes back. You know, like I know we all say it. Everybody says it, and I'll say it again. You know, 15 years ago when I saw that movie, it's like who would have even imagined. You know, and it goes with, like, Dustin and Kane, you know. It's like, we grew up on these films, and we're interacting. We are meeting. We're being choked by Jason. We're standing in the corner reenacting a scene, you know, with the Blair Witch Project. It's just, it was absolutely incredible. You know, it was it was so exciting. So, uh, I think later that day, we went to the Q&A with... Um, for the Blair Witch panel. And we're sitting there. Okay, this is just fucking <laughs> epic. Goosebumps. <laughs> Jason and I sit in there. Everybody's gathering around. We're sitting in these chairs. And Mike and Heather are backstage. And we're everybody's just kind of waiting. All of a sudden, just like in the fucking movie, Mike goes, Tell me where you are, Josh! And I mean, Ooh. we, Jason and I just freaked out like we weren't ready for it at all like it was i mean he did it just like in the movie it was like a moment like that will you know stick with you forever it was incredible like we were just like what what What? it took a minute to comprehend what the (laughs) just happened play a clip from the movie are they playing the the movie somewhere what are they doing and he did and it was Uh. just like freaking amazing you know so yeah, meeting them too was just my favorite. I, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's hard to say this one over that one, but them two, as of that point, you know, was my absolute favorite. I mean, by and the, far. And they ended up being super cool. Yeah, they Way were nice as hell, cool. super cool, everything. Yeah. So there you have it. You know, the celebrities from a Tegular Killer podcast hanging out with the celebrities of different horror films. It's what we do. Yeah. All right. So now is time for the moment where Justin Beam talks about inappropriate things. Take it away, Justin. If we ever do an episode on menstrual horror. Oh, no. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. It it should be. I'm not. Uh, Please explain. (laughs) You see, once a month. No. <laughs> a young girl spreads her red wings, parts the Red Sea. It's happening. Surfs the crimson no. tide. No. Bleeds from the hatchet wound. No. <laughs> Vomits her insides from the south parts. In school, you learn that it's a normal thing for a lady. He's drunk. Once in a while, things Drinking. go wrong. Stop it. <laughs> Wait, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> once a month, girl applies tiny mattresses for genitals with absorbed, said blood and tissue. 
Uh-huh. One spool <laughs> takes it and sticks it to a wall in a bar. Brother <laughs> girls to marvel at when they walk in. <laughs> that Justin Beam. Oh, what a kooky, kooky guy. Such a nutty, zany guy. Well, what I want to do now is I would like to take a look. A look? This is a podcast. We're not looking at anything. I mean, you probably are looking at something while you're listening to this, but that's irrelevant to what you're listening to, unless you're looking at pictures of us and wondering why our lips aren't moving as you listen to the podcast. And then I got to say, you know, hey. But I want to, right now, um, play you from my my favorite episode of last year. So this is the time where we're going to play um, a portion of my favorite episode. Uh, my I have two my top two episodes of the entire year. One of which was the um, Maximum Overdrive commentary episode. Really funny, a lot of fun. But hands down, my favorite episode of the entire year was one of our earlier episodes this year where we talked about rock and roll horror movies. In particular, when we discussed two awesome classic cheesy 80s rock and roll films Rock and Roll Nightmare and Black Roses. All I've got to say to you, Jason what? Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll Nightmare. I'm so mad at you for that one. <laughs> oh, come on! Why? John, John Thor Michaels? Come on. Dude, it was... I mean... Uh, it was so shitty! I hated it! Like, for, for like 10 minutes, I was like, uh, this could be on Mystery Science Theater. And it just... I mean, it, it does belong there, but... Oh, it does. I don't know how come it's never been done on Mystery Science Theater, for sure. It is ripe for it. it. And it just got worse, and it just snowballed worse until the ending, where it just exploded with worse. <laughs> <sighs> oh, you're welcome. But I'm going to tell you, like, when I came up with this topic, I actually have had this topic in the back of my brain for, like, a long time. <clears throat> And though that movie and um, Black Roses are two movies that I really wanted to watch and discuss. I've heard them discussed on other podcasts before, and I've never watched them before until preparing for this episode. But I've just been wanting to see them so bad. And fun fact, the same director, both movies. It's hard to believe. <laughs> Seriously, it's so bad. Like, legend has it, which, by the way, the whole first half the movie is just like legend has it but i mean the kids go into a house he goes back to the van he hears something it's exactly the same by the way <laughs> but, but it's worse Star trooper way better actors right fucking 10 minutes first 10 minutes is a van driving down the road That's it. i like you you mentioned the the scene where he goes to um Lock up the van, which I love how how that is like a big event. He like makes up he makes this this announcement. It's like, okay, you guys, you girls, you go do dishes. You guys go get the equipment ready. I'm gonna go lock up the van. Like that's a masterful feat that's gonna take him the same amount of time as what everyone else is doing, or something. But he, but I love how the false tension in that whole scene, how it's just not 
tense at all, but they, they try to add the spooky music and he goes to the van. And first of all, okay, I gotta say that everybody in this movie are aliens from another planet and they are acting as if they're what they think human beings act when they make this movie. Because Is that just what happened? The, their mannerisms and their mannerisms in this movie are so unnatural. <laughs> like, oh, you're just saying they like, can't be actual humans. They're so bad at being human exactly it's true like just watching him lock the van was just like really i mean who 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 locks up the back door of a van with the key why wouldn't you just open up the door and pop the lock but then he's standing there at the van and like he looks up at the window and i'm sitting there thinking well that's just your girlfriend up there but he's like looking he's like who could this silhouette be and then the curtain pulls back and it's of course his girlfriend like who else would it be? Who else would it be? Why, why was there? T- why was there false tension in that moment? Didn't make any sense. But I also like if you paid attention enough, when she, when when it's the silhouette in the window and he's trying to figure out who it is, that silhouette is very poorly fidgeting with that curtain, as if they did not know how to operate a curtain to pull it back to open it. I have nothing good to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who else watched it? Just me. Okay. It's been many years since I've seen it, but I do remember it. I I, I remember our hero. Uh, <laughs> uh, he certainly should have had a much bigger career. Let me look and see what he's done, because he was also in. Well, he was in both films, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in the sequel. Yeah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there's a sequel. There's a sequel. Yeah. Zombie and in, in, Zombie Nightmare. Uh, Zombie Nightmare, which I've talked about on the show before. I love that movie. It's horrible. But that's I what love I've that seen movie. him in. Outside. I think I know that better than this one. That's the one where he is has like the baseball bat and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that he, one better than I know Rock and Roll Nightmare. Because I, I, well, they used to play um, Zombie Nightmare on the on USA Up All Night all the time. So I'd seen yeah. it like a million times. And what's awesome is Mystery Science Theater did an episode of it, and they put that on on DVD. So now. I sort of kind of have Zombie Nightmare, probably the best version ever because it's <laughs> it's it's made entertaining because of the robots. But uh, yeah, well, I'm trying to remember the name of the sequel. I'm going to look it up here real quick. Wasn't this one also called Edge of Hell or something? The Edge of the Yeah, that copy that we had um, when that title popped up, I'm like, oh crap! Did did we get the wrong movie? Edge of Hell or Edge of Nightmare, I don't remember, something like that. So no one else had seen, no one else watched this? Come on. Really? It's so bad. The whole thing's on YouTube. Watch the whole thing. Jason, summarize it for us. Like uh Okay, yeah. So and and so I'm watching all these movies for this goddamn episode and I'm doing my best as a musician to <laughs> Stay open-minded about things. Sure, most people in these bands have never played, have even held a guitar before. You know, this one is just so the worst. Like the the plot of the movie is this this van full of like seven eight people. So it's they go to, they go to this house in the middle of nowhere where. Legends have gone. They have, wait, 
they have a 24-track studio in the garage. They, like, <laughs> say it slowly 17 times, just like it's never been done before. Anyway. So cool. And uh, so they got an advance to... They have one month and, like, $10,000 to come up with 10 minutes of new music. Wait, you're telling me this band is signed? Yeah. They don't, even, they don't have to make an album. Minutes. They have to come up with 10 minutes of new material. It's tough. So, so in a month. And, in a and, month. And so within 15 minutes, and they finally, you know, go out to this garage, and they finally, you know get ready to do a practice they're playing a song that lasts at least five minutes long and it has three words in it the whole fucking song like i like to rock and roll over and over and over <laughs> these songs were all written by thor and it, oh my god i fucking hate this movie and so it's this band i love that you hate it it's this band in the middle it doesn't happen too often and they, uh, there's there ha- there happens to be an even amount of boys and an even amount of girls, and there's some that came. There was a group, the pair that was married. There was some that's boyfriend and girlfriend. There's some that weren't, and now eventually do. You know, you're trapped out of the house. What do you do? You know, and uh, the 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 movie starts with a with. A, with a family dying in this house. So you think maybe it's haunted or something weird. So this whole time, this, that people just start getting killed off and there's these horrible plastic mannequins that they think are puppets that are the bad people. Cause they don't the have demons, hard, or whatever. demons hardly have any articulation at all. It's so bad. And, uh, like some of them, the jaws don't even move. But then some of them are really funny. They look like giant little sperms. I don't know what they are. Little penis, little things that pop up at the edge of the desk. You know those eyeballs. Here, anyway, uh, it's awful. Um, and they slowly get picked off one by one by one until this amazing fucking. It's also written by Thor. And so, who would have guessed? So this ending is just unfucking real. The where the turn that it takes that I I don't even want to talk about. But yeah, it's, <laughs> that's the best part. Ten of the worst actors of all time trapped in a house with the worst worst fucking music and score. Like the score for the movie. There's like, there's that, and it's very synth. It's all synth, and there's just got that low, and then every once in a while, there'll be a, like, even when this fucking belongs, we're like looking at trees and shit, and I'm like, oh, this is great. You guys gotta see it. I want you to see it so that you can hate it, too. Let's do commentary over it. Oh, yeah. yes. Genius. Watch it again. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, it'll be so much more fun when it's all of us doing a commentary. Oh, guys, I'm telling you. It just oh, it's fun. It really gets worse as it goes. What I love what I loved about this movie is I mean, everything Jason is saying is true. It is just it's bad on every level. The story doesn't even make a lick of sense. 
You know, you could say things, you could say the same bad things about movies like Troll 2 or Birdemic or even, or even Planet Night from Outer Space, but it, at least there was cohesive, coherent stories, you know, sort of, with those movies, but it just doesn't make any sense in this movie. Like, I'm like, are they getting killed off? Are they getting possessed? It's very unclear. And there's so many of them, like, it's hard to tell who's who apart, really, for, like, half the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't that sounds sexist, but a couple of those girls, I couldn't, half the time, hey. I couldn't tell which one was which. No, I was, I'm serious. I'm oh, like, which one's, which one's this one again? Oh, the one with the big hair. Oh, wait, that's all of them. Yeah. It's... What about the uh, what about the the forty year old high school groupies that showed up? <laughs> uh, Seriously, there was there was there was one of those like they 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 claimed to be from high school, but there was one I couldn't take my eyes off of. She didn't have any lines, but I swear to God, she she looked like she was in her thirties. There was there was no disguising her age. Whatsoever, they didn't even like dress her, like try to dress her hip or anything. She's just, you know, showed up in a shirt and jeans with, like, you know, hey, I'm just some thirty year old high school girl. Yeah. And I didn't even understand that scene at all, because because the manager, right? Wasn't he the manager? Yeah, gets killed. Off. He gets killed off, but then he kind of doesn't. But then he like shows back up. Yeah. As oh, several of them kind of show back up after they get killed. But some of them don't. Yeah, you Some should just keep trying to find logic forever. in this movie. That's what you should do. <laughs> you should just stay up real late and try to draw out a map of this movie. So these girls show up, these groupies show up at this house, which is in the middle of nowhere, but these high school groupies just happen to show up because they hear the band is in town, and they want to meet the band. So this now-possessed manager lets him in, he starts getting all creepy, and so they leave. End of scene. What was the point of having them in the movie at all? There's point to any of... Come on. It belongs on MST3K, that's all I'm saying. It's that awesome, guys. And maybe it's already on Rift Tracks. Yeah. So, that's... Well, you got, we got to get into this ending, though. Because the we ending is... Yes, we really have to? Spectacular. It's spectacular. I'm gonna. I don't care. Do you care if we spoil this movie, Jason? No, I just don't. Know Maybe what I do. Jason, who's seen it, should we spoil it? <laughs> <laughs> he hates it. It is clear. <laughs> I know. That's why I want to keep talking about it. Um, do any of you guys just care if I spoil the ending of this movie? Spoilers be damned. Isn't that what you say? It is. That's right. Because there is an amazing twist in this movie that I didn't see coming. It was like M. Night type of... No, it isn't. Shut your face. You be nice. You be nice. Respect, M. Night. Come on. Okay, so... (laughs) You're getting ticked. Out of fucking nowhere, one of these kills, like, the super demon uh, comes out, this lady turns into the super demon, and, which is the devil, this... Anyway, it's a horrible piece of plastic thing that they call oh, the devil. Oh, yeah. The, the guy who made this movie is definitely, if, if you watch both this and Black Roses, you've come to realize, this man, this man is a huge fan of really bad rubber monsters. They're puppets. They're not... Mo- anyway. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, out really of, bad puppets. 
out of nowhere, the devil shows up and he's like, fuck all you fuckers. And then Thor, he's like, he's like, huh, whatever. And he like keeps, keeps like working on this song with his piece of paper. And the devil's like, hey. I had a question about that though. What? Since I have, since the majority of this podcast are musicians, uh-huh. I was really intrigued watching so, Thor write music. Is that how the process works? Is absolutely not the way anyone I know. What was he doing? Describe I mean, it to us. Well, oh, go ahead. He had he had just a a sheet of paper, and he had drawn his own staff, you know, and and like he had what looked like notes, sorta, on this staff. <laughs> There was maybe three or four lines. You know, oh, and it, but it. So he was actually composing music in theory, out of his head. Yes. Theory. Because he was writing his new love song, and I love uh, the acting in that moment is the best of the whole movie. As he's sitting there, you know, and he writes a note on the paper, draws a little note on the paper. Resembles can, notes. I'm not saying anything that was on this piece of paper was actually music related. It. He. It was and he never wrote any. Knew what notes look like drew notes on this paper and he wasn't writing like lyrics down or anything he was just they, he was just drawing the notes and they and there it's not like there was measures or anything it was it was like kids it was it was awful it was, i mean it was hilarious really <laughs> and, and i would love Oops. how he would he'd draw a little note and then he'd think about his next move he'd like take his <laughs> pen and tap it to his <laughs> temple he's thinking like man what's the next note ah the one with the little circle, that one. Yeah. Genius. So he's working so, on this song, and the devil's like, "No, seriously, I'm gonna fuck your shit up. Let's rumble." <laughs> and the guy's like, mm, "Yeah, I don't know." And devil's like, "Seriously, what the fuck's going on? I want to destroy you and everybody here." And Thor's like, "Oh, well, if I was a human." <laughs> <laughs> and if any of my friends were actually people, they were just illusions I created to to scare to bring you to light, to get you all worked up and bring you out into the open. I'm really a god or something. Well, Thor. He was. He and was. I, I. I took it that he was a demon too. Like his job was to to keep the other demon in line. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the other demon other demon was kind of stepping out of his bounds a little bit and so he's like so I am here to put you back to your place on your ass and then he suddenly <laughs> his hair gets super poofy and he's hard then all of a sudden he's wearing nothing but this little speedo of gold and all his muscles are greased up, and he's all flexy and sort of a little chubby still, so it's not really like something you'd be proud of, but he, he very much is. Oh, yeah. It's if you've like, seen anything of Thor, you come to realize he's very proud of his uh, muscles. And his acting ability in his sex shower scene, they made sure to show his ass. Yes. Prominently. And it's... Anyway. So... He's got this, you know, this heavenly light on him with his little golden speedo and his super poofy golden hair. And he's That's blowing hard in the Oh yeah, uh, this light wind wind comes out of nowhere to blow his hair during this whole <laughs> final fight scene. 
<laughs> and it's the worst fight scene you could fucking imagine. Like. Ever. Ever. And so they're fighting, sort of, and they're kind of, and as you're, you're fighting with this hard plastic, uh, very, like, three joints on the whole thing puppet <laughs> that you can't show from the waist down or too far from one side, and it's, and it's lasting forever. This fight scene is so bad. It's a- it's a two-hour fight scene. And then the final move, Thor's like, oh, I'm going to... And he goes up and he like puts his hand on the de- on Devil's throat and he's choking him. And the Devil's just like, well, okay, I've had enough. I'm out of here. This isn't... This, this is all for today. I'll Maybe we'll meet again. Ha, ha, ha. And then he leaves. Like, so he doesn't even like win. Yeah. It's... Oh, 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 it's it is that fight scene is amazing. It is so worth it. It is such it is such the low quality like high school grade school production film quality fight scene where you know if if it's two kids fighting like two like fifth graders pretending to do some kung fu moves on film and stuff, you know it's going to look really slow and fake and everything. Now imagine one of those kids is a plastic is a plastic demon that has no articulation and I'm pretty sure Thor got instructions to be like don't be too rough with it we only have one <laughs> but this whole fucking painful movie that lasts for 7 hours up until this fight scene wasn't even for nothing cuz these were just things he made up and this takes this big twist of and they weren't even people they weren't even people this whole time it, it, yeah, none of the movie mattered because all of these people that were getting killed off and possessed or whatever didn't exist. They were all they were all created by Thor or his. And that um, means that means that drummer didn't really have that horrible Australian accent the whole movie <laughs> until he got killed, and then when he came back, he didn't have it anymore. So, but didn't you feel uh, like a little bit of relief when you found out all of those people were fake? Because then it make okay. Now it no, makes sense why don't none, dare nobody rationalize was... that. It was shitty, and it's not. It doesn't play into the story. They didn't cast bad actors on purpose because it fit the story. They fucking sucked, and you know it. So don't even try to rationalize that. You, you don't, don't think give it, him any don't... credit? No, I'm not. You don't gonna think let it was a choice? It. No, hell no. Oh, no. This is the best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm winded. I'm so mad at this movie. This is like, this is kind of turning into like an episode of Movie Reviews to the Asylum where Jason has finally had enough of my shit. (laughs) And just goes, just goes off. Anyway, watch it, but watch it. We need to watch it together. Right, this movie would be a blast in a group. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Come on over. We do a double feature with that and the sequel. Uh, Another rock and roll nightmare. That's okay. Or have like have it tag team with Mulva. Maybe this one and Mulva. Yeah, something that makes you mad. Oh, I completely forgot about that. I need to see that movie. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's a rock I don't and roll know. movie, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Uh, we move on already. <laughs> I suppose. Jeez, I only spent thirty minutes on it. Yeah, 
Awesome. That's not bad. Yeah. Sometimes it goes longer. (laughs) 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 Love you, John. Sorry. Well, um, I also want to point out real quick, too, because I'm looking at Thor's awesome uh, film credits. He did a movie uh, called Recruits. Man, I remember seeing that in high school. It was a very cheesy, poor man's um, like Police Academy-style movie. And now I remember him in that. Man, I want to see that movie again. Recruits. But speaking of rock and roll nightmare... I think that is a great way to segue into Black Roses. <laughs> okay. It's just you and me again. I don't think anybody else watched I watched this oh, one. Oh, you did. Yay. Yay. I remember the video box cover for it. <laughs> is it really? Oh, God. What? The box was awesome because it had that, like, three, that, what's that? It was. Hello? Heck yeah. I mean, it was, it was really stood out. It's unforgettable. Yeah. You were describing. They, uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I, I stopped because I thought maybe you might want to describe. Nah, I don't like words. Okay. <laughs> Says the writer. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like a, a total 3D, like a physical 3D box. Kind of the vacuum form poofed out like electric guitar with all these black roses growing around it. Like a skeleton hand holding the neck of the guitar. That sounds about right, right, Justin? Yeah, it was very, very cool. This one in Dead Pit, I remember specifically. Well, actually, this Dead Pit and Microwave Massacre. Because on that one, you even hit the button and the microwave cooked. But yes. yeah, yeah, I'll never forget this. But I, I don't remember much at all about the movie. I remember, doesn't he turn into like a black creature thing? Like a... Maybe it's not black. Right. He turns into some kind of cr- demony creature, right? I don't remember. Well, <laughs> guess you de- guess it depends on who you're talking about because there's a lot of people turning into demons in this movie, and there's some characters that will turn into one kind of demon in one part of the movie, and then turn into a different kind of demon in another part of the movie. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Tell us more. <laughs> so, Terry, you saw Black, Black Roses. I did, yes. <clears throat> How would you describe it? Well, um, there's this little podunk town, and this band decides to start their tour um, in this town. But Real life. What? Real life. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> but, um... Everyone in the town is fighting it, and the parents are like, oh, they're Satan's band, and blah, blah, blah. Well, you come to find out that they're actually a bunch of demons trying to hypnotize everyone in the town. <laughs> so they are Satan's <laughs> So they are Satan's band, but they trick the parents, and these kids go to the concerts over and over again, and they kind of become, like, Satan's army, and they just become hoodlums and demons and murder people and things. They pull up in their sweet Lamborghinis to check yeah. out the town, and they're like, yep, this is the right town. <laughs> what was the name? I don't remember what the name of the town was. Something Mills or Mills something. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so that's, we, that's pretty much the general idea of it. Okay, so before I find out what you think of the, you thought of this movie, Terry, I want to know what Jason thinks based on watching both movies. Was this one a step up from Rock and Roll Nightmare? Well, I, I watched this one first. So yeah, I did too. I, I enjoyed it. It's, this one's bad, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, I liked it. I loved the teacher and his mustache. <laughs> and, his, and his concern for his students. Um, I appreciated the copious amounts of boobage through the movie. Okay, oh, that, like, so, uh, that, that ten minute close up shot of the boobs where yeah, like molesting your own boobs. Was right? It well, was like, it was she was just like looking into the mirror at the guy's picture, but it was so long. But and it was clearly a body double because her face oh, wasn't in the shot. Yeah, well, and they show her boobs later and they didn't look the same. And those weren't her boobs <laughs> either, I... I don't think, either. I don't think there those are... were her boobs either, but they were clearly um, different boobs. Yeah, they were clearly different. Which is awesome. Which I don't understand because there is a shot of her topless and you get some side boob action where you could still where you could still see nipple. So because I noticed that the nipples didn't match between the three sets of boobs we saw of this girl in this movie. You make me uncomfortable when you say nipple. <laughs> We gotta get down to the bottom of this. Let's see whose boobs are whose. Well, well it's not like I was studying them. There were blatantly yeah. obvious different sets of boobs. Yeah, I'm a chick, and I'm not gonna like. I I know. Maybe she signed like a no nudity clause or something. Well, that's what you would think in that situation. But seriously, there's a shot of her where it's clearly her. You know, it's kind of it's 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 kind of a. I don't remember seeing a shot that was her face and her boobs at the same time. Yeah, there was. It was there. Trust me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that one scene was way too long. She was just standing there. It was like just a continuous shot of her groping her boobs for like three minutes, looking into the mirror. I wouldn't say it, it was, was too long of a shot, but <laughs> it, was ex- it was extreme close up too. It was like how exploitive could you get? It was just it was, weird. It was like from the ribs up and the and the neck down. It's just straight on boobs and just. Groping your own boobs for ten minutes. What's the problem again? I forgot why you started talking. I got, bo- I got bored with it. Those off. I'm I think like, you know somebody. <laughs> but anyway, aside from all of the boobs, is there a rock and roll band in it? Are they any good? Are they better than yeah. the last rock and roll band? They're black. Black Roses is the name of the band. Black Roses. Um, they're, I thought they had pretty, they had, I don't know who recorded the music, but the guy was obviously lip syncing horribly the the, entire time. Holy crap, yes. Britney Spears does a better job lip syncing. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I, someone should look up who actually did I don't think it was too bad. Oh, yeah, that was done by one band for that, that movie, and it's a band that never, I didn't hear anything I've ever heard of. But it was okay. The thing that I hated about the the music and the the, the band that played um, in the other one is that, like, as musicians, you know, like uh, when you do a recording, sometimes you'll or you'll usually put like reverb on your voice, and a lot of the '80s recordings, like 
the drums are like layered with tons of reverb and and so the <laughs> this uh, in rock and roll nightmare when they're performing live in this room they're performing to a very produced recorded song that has so much reverb on it it's like unbelievably not the same thing that's happening that we're supposed to believe that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Where like in these other movies, if you at least feels more live, you know, uh, uh, better. But oh, in Rock and Roll Nightmare, it was just like you're just playing to this CD, and it's just so awful, so awful. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's really bad in, in Rock and Roll Nightmare. My favorite character in Black Roses would have to be the one teenage boy that we kind of follow around for a good chunk of the movie. <laughs> the I one that remember. looks like he's singing in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Because his performance was amazing. He looks like Will Forte playing a teenager in high school. <laughs> a blonde yeah. Will Forte. Yeah. Yeah. I think that guy is some sort of a musician. I tried to look him up and that actor. Yeah, or he plays on a lot of soundtracks or something. I don't know. Oh, hmm. <clears throat> but was it just me or like the that scene where he's talking about like, man, this town and blah blah blah, and he's w- hanging out with that girl and they're just walking down the street and he would continually jump on like light poles and kind of swing around and stuff. Oh. <laughs> And the way the music score kind of was kind of kicked in at that moment. Was it just me, or did you guys think it was going to turn into a musical at that moment? I was waiting for him to break out in song. Like, okay, this we'll is going to be a musical. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, if we're going to talk about the music, like, the music that they played outside of, like, the rock concert music was just ridiculous. It drove me crazy the entire movie. The, the straight-up score? Yeah. Yeah, Just, it was uh, it was over the top. There was like awful much. like synth bassoon the whole time, and <laughs> I don't I don't even. It was driving like normally you try to kind of have it in the background just to help we know with the atmosphere and things like that. And I just all I could focus on was that damn music. It was driving me nuts. I hated it. <laughs> and it was so kitschy and like happy the whole time. I don't I don't know. Bad. <laughs> I am happy to know that um, strip bridge is a thing. Yes, that's good to know. That's good to know. Wait, like the card game? What? Yeah, the card game. Oh, oh, I was like, what? I forgot about that. <laughs> like when that, the kids that was awkward. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because it's your daughter's like, friend yeah. in high school. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, come bridges. home with me and seduce my father while I go to bed. Yeah, awkward. Well, it's that moment in the movie where the kids have kind of crossed over, and now they're all evil because of this band is like totally warped their minds and and yeah. and turned them to the dark side. So, you know, the one kid shoots his dad in the back of the head, and then the one kid runs over his mother with a car, and so they. 
So how are they going to kill this girl's dad? Well, the friend of this girl is going to seduce the dad and play strip bridge to the point. And the whole time, like, he's just... <clears throat> He's just a sweaty pig. He's just <laughs> profusely sweating from the moment they walk in the door. <laughs> and and to the point where they're playing strip bridge, she's almost naked at this point, climbs on top of him, and he has a heart attack. <laughs> how, would they, how did they know? I mean, was the plan just to straight up seduce him? Just and have sex with him, or was the plan to kill him? And if I'm the sure plan there was, was going to be some murder in there somewhere. Was it? Was she it just did it the, the old-fashioned way. Did we maybe miss a scene where it's like, damn it, he died before I could stab him, or something yeah. along those lines? Like, oh, the plan dude, was foiled. Yeah, he I don't know. A heart attack because there was no way they were to know he was going to have a heart attack by her being naked. Yeah, I was confused at first as to what actually happened. Like, oh, he fell asleep. I wasn't that interested. <clears throat> well, or I thought, like, maybe she, like, chomped out his artery or something out of his neck for a second. I mean, there wasn't any blood, but I didn't know why he died until they said something about it, like, in another scene, that he died of a heart attack. Well, I noticed the heavy sweating, like, for a moment. Well, yeah. My whole thought is, like, and so I thought that. I'm like, this guy's just going to straight up have a heart attack. That's where they're going to go with this scene. <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> My favorite scene um, is when the girl Julie, um, she's turned all evil and whatever, and she goes to her teacher's house. Yeah. And she's trying to seduce him. And then at one point. This is how you know it's a movie because he was like, nah, you better not do so that. This is, this is wrong. We can't do this. But, uh,. With his she, 70s porn mustache. That's, yeah. So that has a sweet stash, man. It's all wrong. Love it. But um, <laughs> then I don't exactly remember what happens, but at some point she turns into a demon-ish thing. And it's like hilarious because it's basically just her body. And you can kind of see like where like they put like prosthetics or whatever like from just like her shoulders up and it's this demon head like and it is just some of the worst puppeteering and they hide it behind the counter and you can see like the lot like the uh <clears throat> the lines that they're using to control it at one at one cut i don't yeah. know it was yeah, the, hilarious the fishing the fishing line pulling uh-huh the because this demon creature, for some reason, has got a long-ass neck. It's like they're yeah, ripping there's... off Hen- Henrietta from Evil Dead 2. <laughs> so I was going to say uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. But obviously the head is way too heavy for the neck of this of this creature. <laughs> yeah. It could not support the head at all. I mean, you're seeing fold, you're seeing folds in the in the in the foam latex of the neck because it, it, it's literally buckling, even though it's still being held up by fishing string and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if you thought that fight scene was was amazing, Terry, then you've got to see the fight scene in Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh God! Because it's <laughs> I wish that. it was that good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That that was like Jackie Chan action compared to Rock and Roll Nightmare. <laughs> but that's still not the worst fucking fight scene in this movie. Is my least favorite scene is the goddamn end. Oh, that fight when scene. The, when the teacher is like, "All right, I've had enough. I'm going to this last final concert," and <laughs> I'm gonna just uh, 
I'm just gonna walk right in uh, in front of everybody and just with a can kinda, of gasoline. With a can of gasoline. Um, I see the bands performing there, but yeah, I might just go ahead and get on the stage. They <laughs> they won't see me. They're chanting. They're not gonna. I'm just I'm just up on the stage by myself. Um, I'm gonna go ahead dump some gas. Nobody's seen me yet. <laughs> And then I'm going to be surprised when everyone turns and they all attack me all of a sudden. And I, and he, it, it took so long for anyone to notice him, too. I just, I don't know how they didn't, it's, yeah. It was cracking me up a little bit. So bad. So bad. And then, like, even then, after he's like, oh, yeah. And then he, like, fights his way, he beats up a couple guys that sort of fall over. And then, like, the bad guy's like... I'll get you, and and then you, I'll jump over this, and then I'll jump over that, and then I'm free, and I grab her, and then everything's, and then he catches on fire, sort of, you know, where you just have flame shoot up in front of the camera, and he's everybody's on fire. Ah. Well, that's what's that's what's dumb because he only he only spills out a little bit of gasoline all the way at the left side of the stage before he gets. Uh, before he's finally seen and they stop him and, and whatnot. Then he gets into the fight with a giant rubber demon monster. Because the lead singer turns into a demon at the end. He turns into a demon at the beginning of the movie, but they're two completely different yeah. looking demons. <laughs> so he turns into this, like, um, oh, I don't even know how to describe it, a demon at the end of the movie. Gets in a fight with him. They it's do like not... a turtle that doesn't yeah. have a shell on anymore. Oh, really there you go. That's a good one. demon. And and like they build out the the arms from the elbow out, yeah. and and like there's not another joint. So he tries to move his hands, and he's got these long forearms that look so stupid. It's like I'll hug you, but I. Uh. And I know the director said to creepy mustache guy, he's like, okay, we only have one of these rubber suits, so don't so bite too hard. Don't really throw a punch. So, but he's, they, he sets the demon on fire, presumably thinking that the the gasoline is on the demon, right? They, when they're fighting, they don't even go anywhere near that side of the stage where he dumped the gasoline. I know. It was, it was kind of a shitty dismount to a fairly fun movie. This, this whole fight scene at the end was just so... The climax of this... And then, uh, they're on fire, so all the kids are suddenly back to normal. And yes, the spell's yeah. broken take now off or whatever. They break the spell, and they're all sitting there, and they're like, oh, they're demons, let's run away. Yeah. <laughs> so everything wraps up in a nice, happy package at the end, but still, half the kids in this town have killed their parents. Yeah. There's still got to be some ramifications to that. There has still been massive murder that has happened, but everything's okay now because the spell's broken. I and there's a lot of inconsistencies in in the children in this movie too, just like in Rock and Roll Nightmare. Because the Jill is it Jill? That, is that right? Julie. The one that, Julie. Julie. She shows up at porn star mustache teacher's house, tries to seduce him. He rejects her. She turns into a long neck demon. He kills her. Yeah. And, she, and then she's at the concert. Yeah, I was confused by that. She's on stage during the fight scene. And out of all the kids that are now possessed by this band, she starts coming to to during that fight scene. She starts uh-huh. realizing what's going on. You could see it in what you call her performance. 
she starts to kind of snap out of her trance because she's she's got this look of horror on her face and she's yeah. doing the hands yeah, over he, her when mouth. Yeah, transforms thing. and whatever, she's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you and yet the rest of the stuff. kids in the crowd are still chanting, "Black roses, you know, get them, go go," you know, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So why her and not everyone else? And why does she? Why is she killed? But then she's okay at the concert. Yeah, that's that's what I want to know. Like she had like a like a stake like through her torso. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she's a zombie. You know, after he killed her in his apartment and everything, and like, well, she shows up at the door and she she basically strips down right there in the doorway for like all the neighbors to see, and she comes in and he even slaps her at one point. I'm like, man, this movie was made in the 80s. None of that stuff would fly today at all in a movie. <laughs> and, and he kills her, and the whole time I'm thinking, it's like, okay, dude, you're you're fucked. Like, if, if you were to stop this band and free all the other kids, you still have a naked, dead teenage girl in your apartment that everybody's going to suspect you of raping and killing this girl. Because even in the scene before that, he... Cr- Creepily shows up at her house and is talking to her, to her mom, and he's like, and Holly, he's concerned. It's like, where's Julie? Where's Julie? And the mom's like, her step. I don't know where she's at, but somebody killed her stepdad, and blah blah blah. And and he's like, I gotta find Julie, and just peels out of the driveway. If I was the mom, I'd be like, okay, why are you so obsessed with my daughter right now? What is going on? <laughs> Yeah. And answer answer this one. What what would have happened to the Black Roses plan if one parent would have stayed after the first song? I know, right? Like the whole plot of the movie, like the like the whole plan was, oh, we're going to play this happy friendly love song, <laughs> the first song cuz all the teachers and all the parents came to the concert cuz they were concerned. And then after the first song, all the parents left. Well, maybe they they, ha- they might have had another one up their sleeve. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was so funny. Well, what's messed up is that same song, the happy, the happy, you know, glam rock song that they played at the beginning of the concert to just appease the parents. That song, when the, um, when the one kid is listening to the record in his room or whatever, mm-hmm. that song is on the record. So that's yeah. that's that's one of their songs. It's mm. that same song they play again. Huh. But yeah, you listened they, way harder than I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's because you have the soundtrack. I'm not sure. I wish. <laughs> they they so they play the song and he's all dressed like Don Johnson from Miami Vice, right? <laughs> the parents leave and then he's instantly in all black leather. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet move. I've yet to perfect. <laughs> if you can, that would be. I'll never tell the secret. Never. That's somewhere. Don Johnson is like, I'm gonna dress like Jason. Then it's gonna turn into black leather. <laughs> well, possible. and the band, like, I, I assumed that the the band was supposed to like die in a fire, but then they talk about how they've gone on to other cities. They didn't die there. Nope, That's... they're getting ready to play Madison Square Garden. They go. Yeah. For- they, they go, go from, from fuck whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted to play Madison Square Garden. <laughs> well, yeah. 
silly. And what? Like, why hasn't anyone said anything? Like, oh, hey, they're actually <laughs> demons. You might not want to have them play there. They're going to hypnotize you, and all your kids are going to kill you. So this, <laughs> ba- this band comes to town, works out a deal with apparently the school board to do a set of four concerts in the school, mind you, which I right there, that's also a bogus plan. Right. Like, if you're going to hide your true ad- agenda from all the adults, why are you having your concert... At the school. Like there's another stage in this little town. Come on. Yeah, you got got a point, but... I know. (laughs) You pick a different town that actually has, like, a stage or something somewhere. But, so that's apparent... We learned through the, you know, the the town meeting that the agreement was worked at the school board because the mayor's hands are tied. He can't do anything because the... The deal was worked out through the school board. So when the teacher starts to suspect something, why doesn't he go to the school board? He doesn't talk to the principal. He doesn't talk to anybody about what's going on with his kids, about all the weird things that are going on, and what he thinks the true agenda of this band is. He never approaches the school once about it. He always goes running to the mayor. Like, like this is almost like a Jaws plot point at this moment. Like, oh... (laughs) We can't, we can't reject this band. Do you, you realize what this band is bringing to our little town? <laughs> Why is the mayor so involved in all this? It's political, man. I just, I thought that was weird. The teacher would, oh, he wouldn't talk, he wasn't talking to any other teachers about it. It's as if he's the only teacher, he's the only figurehead in this entire building. Yeah, he's the only one who gives a shit. But at the same time, he's, there's a He's like, oh, I've got to hurry, and I've got to stop these guys. So he goes to the library to research, and then he falls asleep and misses an entire concert. <laughs> this is the concert. Like, he's, like, okay. You know, and you're a, li- you're a librarian. Yes. Would you just let some guy with a bunch of occult books all around him just sleep the night away in the uh, library? Just lock oh, up no. and leave him there? No. But it's also a school library, and he's a teacher. So oh, was it the school different. library? Oh. oh, I assumed. I assumed it was. What's but, a school library doing with that many books about the occult? Right? <laughs> and this is in a small town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we hardly have any at our library. How do you know? Oh, you're supposed to know. Okay. Yeah. Well, you should make a change about that, Terry. Oh, we need okay. more occult books. We probably had them and they just got stolen. <gasps> you know, you know what that bugs? That really bugs me more. I think about that stupid scene of him in the library. It was pointless. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You're gonna let that bother you. <laughs> he like goes to do all this research and then he just passes out and he's like, "Oh, I fell asleep." Oh, Julie, I missed the concert. Oh, and then he goes to find Julie and finds out that she's like murdered her stepdad and. He learned nothing from from reading all those books. He yeah. attained no in, new information to deal with the it situation. Must, it must have been in there something about pouring gas on them. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Fire. Fire is supposed to like cleanse evil, right? Maybe. Maybe that's what he learned. I guess. Maybe. Maybe that is it. I don't know. Eh. Because you, you watch that scene, you're waiting for that moment of like, okay, he's learned this, and he's learned this. Like you see in other movies where they go to the library, or they go to the computer and they Google 
um, how to deal with a satanic rock and roll band. Yeah. yeah. They don't really talk about what he's learning. He's just kind of researching and looking studious. <laughs> as studious as you could be with a mustache like that. Yes. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Black Roses? I like it. I, I, I like the. It started off, I thought, pretty solid with them all dressed up as demons in that first yeah. rock concert. I liked their demon looks then at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I was super pumped for that. And then yeah. they looked dorky and, I don't, turly or however we were describing them <laughs> later. Yeah. Blondie with his massive mullet was awesome. Which is a wig. It's a wig! How disappointing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because he's in a scene without it. He pulls it off at the end. Well, yeah, and there's that one scene. There's that one scene where he has a different wig on, or maybe it's his actual hair, where he's talking to the teacher or someone, like when he's in his Don Johnson wear at the school. Oh, yeah. He's got, like, shorter hair. Yeah. Holy crap, I... I just kind of connected that that was the same guy. I thought that conversation was was like the band's manager or something. I thought it was a completely different character. Yeah, yeah I, I did it. Holy shit! Yeah, he just had different hair for no apparent reason in that one scene. Oh wow! <laughs> well, boys and girls, that's going to wrap up another episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. I hope you had a good time looking back at the show from 2014 can't wait to see what lies ahead for attack of the killer podcast hopefully many 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 great things but we had some good times tonight we laughed we cried i think we learned a thing or two about ourselves most importantly what happens when we fall behind and don't get a new episode recorded that's right so until next time thank you and good night. Oh, could this be the end of? Wow. Attack of the killer.